Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Lots to talk about today on this episode of the Kitten Krista podcast. We are sharing a fun story about you, sir. I went to Game Freak. You went to Game Freak yeah. in Tokyo. So I'm going to tell you what it's like to go inside uh, and see what they've got going on. Yes. And we've got kind of like a double headliner today. We do. We've got to talk about this Zelda leak. Breaking but news. No spoilers. This will be a spoiler-free spoiler discussion about... 110% spoiler-free. Yeah. I honestly haven't seen it, so I can't even spoil you if I wanted to. Yeah. So there will be no spoilers, but we do have a lot to say about what happens when something like this happens mm-hmm. and what goes on inside of Nintendo. Yeah. It's not great, honestly, um, and, and what it could all mean. So Indeed. We will dig yes. into that. That and much, much more. I guess last week we had to end this podcast abruptly because you had a bathroom emergency, right? <laughs> I did go so, to the bathroom right before. Is that going to happen again today? Over. This is another well, jam-packed show. I don't know. It was like an over two-hour episode. And right. you know how I start to get a little wonky. A little loopy, yeah. A little loopy. I both do, too. Us do. Yeah, both of us get a little loopy yeah. after the two-hour But two not hour loopy part. in the bladder. I had to pee. I'm a human. <laughs> I'm not a robot. Contrary to your right. rumor milling about about me and who I am. You're a hologram. You're uh, an AI hologram. <laughs> you're not hologram. real. Even holograms have to pee. That's, that's <laughs> the lesson here. I don't think they do. Um, <laughs> well, if you want to hang out with us and support these kinds of discussions and more, join us on patreon.com slash kittenkrista. Indeed. Uh, everything that we do is made possible by our wonderful Patreon subscribers. So yeah, join us there and support us. We are on a journey, a spirit journey to get back to Japan this year. We have never had more Patreon subscribers than we do at this very moment, which is wonderful and incredible. Yeah. And uh, we are sh- slowly but surely making progress to this Marching great away. goal yes. of getting back to Japan this summer. Yes, yes. So thank you to We're not there yet. We're not there yet, but no, we're no. getting close. We'll put a little we, we'll put a little progress bar here. But um, thank you for everyone who's who's already joined to support us. And uh, yeah, please please consider joining us. You get lots of really cool benefits, like early access to this podcast and lots of other stuff. Join our Discord, get access to our bonus Q and A's. Yeah, it starts as low yeah. as two dollars a month, and you can also sign up for a free trial on our most popular tier, which will get you early access to the podcast and access to our Discord. So oh, check yeah. it out. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, um Jinx. Um, <laughs> First of all, uh, we have a great episode of Super Kitten Kestra sixty four, which maybe you've already seen. If yes. not, you should go watch it. Go we went, watch it. We went retro game shopping. Yeah, it's been a while, like a pretty long while since I've actually been inside of a retro game store. I've definitely like bought things online or, I mean, we used to go to like the Nintendo garage sales, which had some old stuff, but never to like a actual retro game store. So we actually checked out three in the San Jose, like Bay Area. Mm -hmm. And we got some good stuff. We really did. Yeah, Yeah. I was like really impressed with all of the stores. 
Um, we asked our wonderful Patreon community to send us a little shopping list of things that they wanted us to track down. I think we did pretty we good. We did mostly well. I think we actually did pretty yeah, good. Yeah, a couple things on that list are just hard to find, yeah. so I can't really hold it against these stores for not having it. Right. But, um... Yeah, after this, I definitely fell back in the hole of retro gaming. You did. And you were deep in. I've been on, I've been back to some of these stores. I've been on eBay. I've got a list of things I'm looking yeah. out for. I'll be talking about some of this and the games we've been playing yeah. later on. It totally just like, it was a Pandora's box in the best yeah. way for you after it has we been. went to the store. You actually said you went back. Yeah, I went back this weekend. One of the stores Yes, this the weekend. game shop downstairs, which yes. I think of the three was my favorite. Me too. In that downtown so San Jose. Impressive. And yeah. I got two games on my list. I got there you go. Batman, NES Batman, based on the movie. And I got Jackal, which is a great kind of Konami oh. like arcade game where you're so cool. shooting stuff up in a Jeep. I really miss like all of the movie-based games when, the, when they used to be good yeah when they yeah. they used to be good they were they used to like come out right when the movies came out and right when that thing was hot you know yeah um you were playing a number of like disney games oh my gosh I yeah. miss the capcom disney era connection was incredible that was a magical time that it's hard to replicate now i think it is um we have here if you're watching on video my beautiful treasure which is a pikachu n64 uh, just because we're ha we have the retro games on the mind. Well, it's also Pokemon Day right around the corner. That's true. And that's why we're sharing the story about going to Game Freak. Yeah. You know what we're not doing? Predictions for Pokemon Day. We cannot. We have Somebody no tapped us on the shoulder and said, hey, you're doing, you you're doing too many predictions. Doing cool it with the predictions. Or stop. Or stop. Or Whatever stop. comes first. <laughs> we'll stop. It's okay. It's a fair point. We predicted too much. It yeah. was like a lot going on in the beginning of the yeah. year. So the predictions were a little bit necessary. Can't be right but... too much, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. What is it? A clock is, a, a broken clock no, is right twice No, that's twice not what it is. How dare you? We've been right about a lot. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Okay. I do think we're right about it. Anyways, we, we do have retro games on the brain. Yes. We got Pokemon on the brain. But yes, this is my, my treasure, my N64 yes. Pikachu edition um, on display. Another question we've been getting a lot, which... Um, is a fair question, which is why weren't you guys at Super Nintendo World this oh, weekend? Oh yes, the so opening weekend. figure we should talk about that. Uh, well, uh, to to keep it simple, we weren't invited. <laughs> no, we were definitely not invited. Um, this is kind of like you know what we thought was going to happen once we left Nintendo and we're no longer with the company. There has to be some degree of separation that I think we need to have with Nintendo, and Nintendo needs to have with us as well. You know, they had. All of their big, you know, executives there. Right. They had all these opening events and like a right. pre press day, crater and day. They had like some sort of uh, red carpet right. event. Like those are things that I think, you know, we we would have worked on if we were at the company. We would have been on the other side of that, working on bringing this these media and creators to Super Nintendo World. But um, we never expected, and I don't think we should expect Nintendo to ever put us on their like press list or creator list. Like there there has to be some degree of, of separation between us now that we're independent. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a good thing. Like in the moment, I did feel a little jealous, I have to say. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, I had that little twinge. Like, oh, if we were at Nintendo still, we'd probably right. be working this Absolutely would have been doing stuff um, there. Yeah. Which, which, was, which would have been really fun, especially to see, you know, anytime I get to see Mr. Miyamoto in person, like so joyful, is, is, a, is a treat. Right. Um, so it was great to see him. Just he looked like he was having the best time at the event. 
Um, but yeah, I, and then I was thinking about it some more. I was like, you know, it, it would have been very awkward <laughs> for us to be there um, at an event like that on this side of the fence, right? right? Because, yeah, like, we, we left the company on very good terms. We never talk about Nintendo in like, in like a negative way on purpose, but we certainly are not going to be... Um, we're, we're not, honest. Exactly. We're not going to hold back <clears throat> right. our opinions about... Um, our time there and what we think of the company now, we want to share that honesty with you guys. And so I think for that reason, it's good for us, us meaning us and Nintendo, to have like some like some line that we now yeah, stay yeah. on either side of, right? So that was all happening mid last week, but then it was opening day. So anybody could go. Yeah. And there was a time when we were thinking of, gosh, we should try and be there. Yeah. And then we thought twice and we thought, well, it's going to be jam-packed. Mm -hmm. And I saw some pictures and it looked really claustrophobic. It insane. And I think our thinking was, you know, this is something we've looked forward to for so long and is going to be really meaningful for both of us. Like, let's make sure we have a great experience when we go yeah, instead exactly. of being stressed out or being too crowded and can't do anything. Mm -hmm. And frankly, like, people have been going to this, um, this theme park for a month now. And yeah. the Japan one's been open for years. Right. So there's nothing like super new about it necessarily. Yeah. Like you're we not knew that we're not going to be the gonna first, be the first to share one. with you guys something. Um, so I think that was the right call to, to so skip too. this opening weekend. Uh, but we are going soon. We yes. are going uh, early, early March. Yes. Right. Yes. So you can look forward to a lot of stuff from us. We're going to be then. sharing with you our experiences. You know, we've worked a little bit on, and we, of course, were at Nintendo when this idea of opening a theme park um, was just germinating. So I'm actually, with all of that background that we have, like I'm actually interested to see like, will I be disappointed or would I, will, will I be, you know, impressed? Disappointed? I don't know. Oh, I don't think I'll be disappointed. I don't think so either, but like, we're not going in as fresh as uh, other people. I have be. been avoiding a lot of the videos that have been posted. I mean, from, from like, like, you know how those rides well, I, came I together. Generally, I generally know. But, like, I see those videos of people, like, going through the warp pipe, and I immediately, like, scroll past those. It's like, I don't, I don't want to do it. I want to experience that for myself. You don't want to be spoiled right. by it. Yeah. I don't Yeah, so that. I'm I'm curious to see, like, if it matches my imagination of when I first heard about it. Yeah. When we were first talking about it at Nintendo. Right. When we were first seeing all that stuff, like, start to um, come together. Like, is it going to live up to my imagination? Right. Because I, I haven't really watched a lot of videos myself either. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited. It's going to be really fun. And it's going to be birthday month for you. That's right. In it's March. a nice bonus. So, we're going to be celebrating your birthday mm -hmm. at Super Nintendo World, like a child. Uh, now, you have bathroom problems recording this podcast. You seem to think I'm going to have a vomiting problem going well, on this Mario Kart you ride. Are not a theme park person. I'm really not. You really don't really like theme parks. You don't like roller coasters. Well, my, you don't my, like big, rides. my big issue is I don't believe roller coasters are safe. I strongly believe that most of those are not safe. What? This is not a roller coaster, though. This is like an augmented reality. Yeah. I mean, it probably like goes projection. fast at spots, but it's not like doing loop-de-loops and like get your arm chopped off yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, but if you, you know? have never been on one of those types of rides before yeah. it can be have you been on one of those absolutely i went to the harry potter world they have that yeah that's oh, the whole okay. that's the whole so you put on glasses and stuff mm -hmm. oh 
Simpsons world as well in Universal. They, they're really known for those types yeah. of augmented reality rides. Are we going to go to any of the... I don't want to go to anything else while we're there. I don't think we should. I don't really want to. I think to. we should concentrate on <laughs> right. going to going through the... Like, really getting yeah. deep. Let's spend the whole day. The, we're going to spend the whole day there. We're going to spend yeah. the whole... we got to eat all the stuff, too. It opens very... We're getting there, what, 8 a.m.? Yeah, we have the early access. That's very early. It's very early for me. That's so early. Person, so. <laughs> yeah, oh I, I don't know. I just feel like if you have never been on one of those kinds of augmented reality rides, it, it's a little disorienting. Okay. So hopefully you don't get like nausea from it. I have a very high tolerance for um, like motions. I don't get motion mm. sickness, but some people do. So yeah. Well, we'll, we'll find out. It'd be great we're, content to see me vomit. <laughs> Have to like there's the, out. there's the thumbnail right there. Blur blurred out with like vomiting yeah. emojis just all the way down and while you like yak into a trash oh, can or something. No. Um, Toad holds out a trash can for me. <laughs> Ow, <no! laughs> He's going to hold out that frying pan Oh, no, not Chef Toad. No, that's not sanitary. Just regular run-of-the-mill Toad. Not Chef Toad. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Now, that's just disgusting. Vomit into a warp pipe. Where does it go? Nobody knows. Anyways, hopefully you don't have that experience. Hopefully it's going to be magical and fun, and I think it will. We'll be talking a lot more about that. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, this month is almost over. It's February 20th as we record this today. I know. So it's like less than two weeks we're going to go. I know. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, one other thing, uh, we are having our Patreon February meetup Ooh. this weekend. Uh, this is where we meet with our two um, highest tiers, 1UP Club and Superstars. Yes. And this My weekend- My favorite time of the month. We are going to be playing Jackbox. We are. We, you were sick one meetup. I had to miss one meetup because I was very ill. You were very sick. Yeah. And so we decided to, um, that group, that, that meetup, that month we decided to play Jackbox and it was really fun. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to going back to that because I actually learned a lot about our wonderful yeah. uh, Patreon community playing some of those Jackbox yeah. games. You really get into their psyche. And then uh, it's nice because everyone can play. You don't need to own anything. You can right. just play on it's your It's surprisingly own. hard to find games to play with a bigger yeah, group like it's that. Like, and then you don't want people to feel obligated to go like buy a game. Don't even get me started the time we tried to do Fortnite. Oh. I had to sign up for like the Epic Games, like creator terrible. or whatever. I had to put in like my social, like why does Epic Games yeah. need my social security you number to, you like, to do a, a group match in Fortnite? Are you joking me? It was crazy annoying. Yeah. yeah. Although we did have a good time playing Goldeneye. We did. That yeah. was probably one of the best ones we right. did. That yeah. one, and uh, we, we did Splatoon. That was fun, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyhow, we're playing Jackbox. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, if you sign up, then yeah. you can we do those. We do those <laughs> monthly, so if that sounds fun to you, it's not too late to sign up. Yeah. Um, before we get into this great Game Freak story, i got to say, this episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. Thank you. Thank you, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You have been telling me that you have felt stuck in a food rut. I hate this. Well, it's yes. coming to an end. 
Yes, exactly. I have been definitely stuck in a food rut where I don't know what I feel like eating, and I just keep making like really basic. It's the same stuff you've been making again and again, over and over again. I understand that. Yeah, Yeah. and HelloFresh is a great way to break out of my food rut because they have tons of recipes to choose from. Everything is pre-proportioned. You don't need to go to the grocery store, and it's also like very easy for me to try a new recipe with HelloFresh because I don't like end up with all of these extra ingredients or seasonings that go to waste because I only made the recipe one time. Right. Um, So yeah, I've been trying to get out of my food rut. I'm cooking up some HelloFresh recipes and it's it's definitely pushing me out of my like normal cooking comfort zone. So I really, really like that. Right, there's all sorts of different types of cuisine. You said you've gotten also the pescatarian option or a vegetarian option. So a lot of different uh, things Mm -hmm. to choose from. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Uh, go to HelloFresh.com slash KitKrista65 and use code KitKrista65 for 65% off plus free shipping. I repeat, go to HelloFresh.com slash KitKrista65 and use code KitKrista65 for 65% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Ooh. All right. Oh, you can get that Tried right in. Jump um, the gun there, yeah. We're going to put the link right here and also in the description below. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go off off script here. You are. And say, well, I just mentioned that the next thing is the Game Freak story. Turns out it's not, but it is now. Oh, yeah. So we're, we're gonna do that. Okay. And then we'll get into some other stuff. So, cool. um, yes, Pokemon Day is upon us, uh, which had us yes. thinking about Pokemon. We got some great Pokemon stuff uh, on the set here, and it did make me think about the time I went to go visit Game Freak. Yeah, what a special trip that was. Um, So, this was 2010, Mm -hmm. December 2010 to be specific, and um, I was part of a group that was bringing over some media to do a trip around Pokemon Black and White. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. One of the best games. Um, um, I liked it a lot. I think I liked Pokemon Black and White. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I think it was... Is in my, in my top, they definitely top went, went very far of like we're re, you know reintroducing a lot of like they did so many new Pokemon mm-hmm. for that one. It, it did true. feel pretty different from what they had been doing um, up to that point. Yeah. Um, and in case people don't know, back then, way back then, these games did not come out globally on the That's same right. day. That's right. Yeah. So. Um, the game came out in the U.S. and Europe in March, but when we did this trip, it was already out in Japan. Mm-hmm. So there used to be this kind of months-long gap where, I guess if you wanted to import it, you could, but most people just were waiting. Yeah, but, and, and the thing is is that you probably know a fair amount about the game at that point as well. Because right. all the news had already come out. Yeah, yeah. Because it was out in Japan. And... Um, you know, we've talked about how we had hosted Mr. Masuda and other Game Freak developers in the U.S. before, and that was something they loved to do. In this case, they had this big idea that I thought was cool, was let's have media come to Japan and experience the Pokemon phenomenon yeah. in its home country. And it is different it when is. you go to Japan yeah. and you see, like... All the people just obsess about Pokemon and play on the train and all mm-hmm. that stuff. It's a different culture for sure. Right, right. So um, on the U.S. side of things, we had three media who came with us, and there were I think there were a little bit more from uh, Europe, and then there were a handful from Australia, I believe. So it was not a huge group. Um, honestly, we had like way too many PR people and handlers and helpers <laughs> and. There was a TPC person who very graciously like was our host 
for the right. whole week. Um, translators. Translators. Yep. Yeah, like, back then, TPC was not as savvy about these things as I would say yeah. they absolutely are now. I remember, like, they hired an, you know, a non-employee to be kind of the guide in Japan for the media of, like, I'm, I'm going to pick the restaurants. I'm going to help you get around. I'll be your translator. Yeah, almost like a tour guide. For anything when we're not in an interview. Like, basically a tour guide. Yeah. Right. And I think now they would be much more well-equipped <clears throat> to do that sort of thing. It went, it went fine, though. That was fine. But it was just slightly unusual to have, you know, somebody outside the kind of core group. Yeah. Uh, be it's a like part of that. More of, like, this, like, outsider kind of weird vibe. Right, right. But we had probably, like... Two, two people or handlers per per, per media, media, which it's like we got it. We had a huge <laughs> group, but it, we're not that many people actually yeah. doing um, media stuff. So what they got to do was they got to come out to Tokyo. They got to play the game. They got to talk to the developers. Uh, they got to tour the Game Freak office, and they got to. We went a few places to, to take in this Pokemon experience mm -hmm. um, in Japan. Um, a fun little bit of trivia about Game Freak is that their office was in a building, very cute name, Carrot Tower. It's like a Pokemon name. Uh, they're no longer there, I will say. They moved. Are they in Roppongi? They moved in, still? in 2020 to a building. I, I couldn't confirm for sure if it's the same building that Nintendo's Tokyo headquarters are in. Oh, okay, okay. It's, it's either in the same building or extremely close. Close to it. Which I think is cute. That's very yeah, cute. that's nice. Um, just, and it makes a lot of sense for them buddy to be close. Up. <laughs> right. Well, they have the store very close to each other too. Now the Tokyo Nintendo store is in the same. Is that close? Is in the same plaza as one of the Pokemon centers, I believe. Well, the Pokemon Center. Yes. But not the office. No. The from, office is not a Pokemon Center. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was. Um, but you know what I mean. Like they they usually put their retail stuff close oh, together, yeah. and then yeah. maybe now their offices right. are close together as right, well, right, which is right. kind of nice. And um, Carrot Tower is just one of these like pretty modern like high rises. Is probably like that neighborhood that they used to be in is very ritzy. Yeah, it was very nice. Rapungi is like the one of the most expensive neighborhoods. I'm not sure this was Rapungi. Are you sure? You keep saying this. It's not. Uh, I thought it was. I know that's so. That's where Konami used to be, and where Kojima Productions oh. used to be. And mm -hmm. yeah, that okay. that is like a very glitzy. I thought it was also in Rapungi, but maybe major I'm major high yeah. rent area. Yeah, they have all the um, fancy stores there. Right, right. Um, so we go, we load everybody up into this bus, we get into the studio. Um, it was right around Christmas time because mm. it was um, December and they had a very cute little Pikachu with like a Santa hat um, waiting for Their us out Christmas there. Christmas decorations are always the best. But they shuffle us into this kind of big meeting room uh, right when you get in. And it looked very, like if you've seen those Pokemon Presents videos where you know, Mr. Ishihara or the, who's like the hot COO guy. Yeah. Um, the, the silver fox. The, the K-pop yeah. boy band guy. And it's it's just like a, a, a big um, meeting room that's like just walls, like shelves and shelves of yeah. plushies and merch and toys mm -hmm. and stuff. So it is cool to be in there. You're just like completely 360 surrounded by yeah. this stuff. Yeah. And um, Mr. Masuda and some of the other developers came in and they, you know, gave us a demo of the game and they gave us a presentation of like, here's our vision, here's what we're trying to achieve. Very cool thing um, to see, even though, and it's a good thing to do when people are already pretty familiar yeah, with the game. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, but then after that, they did something that I thought was the coolest thing of the whole trip. It was, all right, Ken Sugimori's here. He is the art director and he, you know, created a lot of the original 151 Pokemon. Yeah. He's going to do a live drawing right now. It's so cool. Of Oshawott. Yeah. Uh, and I took a video of that. Yeah. And we're we'll putting, we're here. putting some of that yeah. here. We're actually going to release that whole video as a standalone thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is, it's just so cool to watch. Like he is a very, um, I'd say he's a very muted personality mm -hmm. where he's just kind of like keeping stoic, to himself. Yeah. I'm very stoic. that like does yeah. not show a lot of emotion, but he just kind of sat down at this table and grabbed a pen and just like, I mean, he must've drawn this a bajillion a times, times, drawing this Oshawa, drew it perfectly. Um, and it looks, looked amazing. So yeah. that's, that's, that's something that was really special to see. I feel like, um, his personality sort of reminds me of, uh, Koji Kondo's personality. Oh like yeah. They're both very like muted. Yeah. But when they sit in front of their medium, mm -hmm. they come to life. Yeah. You know, he, he, obviously his medium is, is drawing and art. Right. Art. Right. Um, and he totally just, yeah, this, this video of him that you took, just, you can just see it just like, it comes like second nature to him. Just like when Mr. Kondo sits in front of a piano. Right. You know? Right. Right. So interesting when you're like that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. talent uh-huh uh -huh. um but yeah super cool yeah yeah and his style is so just iconic and oh and yeah really cool oh my gosh seriously um so after that we kind of shuffle out of that meeting room and we get a tour of the office which is really cool because a lot of you know japanese studios are very concerned about oh you're going to see something that you're not supposed to yeah. or we're not comfortable with this or this is just not what we do uh, but they were very open about this. And we saw pretty much everything. That's pretty cool. Um, and, you know, we've talked about how sterile the Nintendo office is. Yeah. Which is absolutely not the case for every Japanese developer. Right, right. This office was really vibrant and colorful. Um, they have a thing where all of their conference rooms are themed. Yeah. To give people a, some sort of a creative spark. Okay, that's um, really cool. And I guess in their new building now, the, the theme of the whole office is Pokemon Red and Blue. Okay. Um, so I looked at some, they have some pictures that are out there. Um, I wouldn't say it was like overtly like based on the game, but mm -hmm. I think just like some of the color schemes are themed. But they also have that that very you know, energetic, very highly decorated office now. Yeah. I do remember two of the rooms. One was like a jungle theme. Oh my god! This was my favorite one. I think I, rem I remember sitting in that room to do some of the interviews with Mr. Masuda. And they, I don't know how they did this. They had like vines and like a big like fake tree in there. Like <laughs> so they cool. went all out yeah. to make this feel like you were in the jungle. Yeah. And it That's, was super cool. That would cool. give you a creative spark if yeah. you were thinking about you know, doing something in the game that was like that Yeah, or if you just need like a, like I just need to get in a different mindset. Yeah, I'm too, I like, need to get I'm out like of this in office. my computer too right. much or something. There was another one, uh, which I didn't like as much, but I, I understand Spiders. why they have there. No, it was like, we, this has like the motif of like a child's bedroom. Oh. And not in like a creepy way. That sounds like a horror movie. But <laughs> I mean, I mean, they do, you know, they're very transparent of like, yeah, like Pokemon's for a lot of kids love Pokemon. So maybe it was like, I need to make sure Sure that I am in the mind of a child. That I am, you know, making something that children can appreciate, or like, what is the perspective of a child? I don't know. I didn't spend a lot of time in that one. <laughs> I was like, mm, okay, I understand your story, but I'll go back to the jungle room. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all these all these conference rooms just themed different ways for creativity. Yeah, I think which so, again, so smart in comparison to uh, the white Nintendo that we lived in at Nintendo, which was just a, yeah. a sterile Literally. white room with maybe just like a, a like 
<laughs> a metal shelving unit or something Not and nothing that. else. Yeah. It's just a, literally it's just like a blank white room. <laughs> yeah. No windows, no nothing. Yeah. Um, and they did take us through the development area, Ooh. which I was really surprised. And I was looking so hard for 3DS dev units because the 3DS was coming out in March That's right, of 2011. That year, the year after. Yeah. And that was what everybody had said. It was like, oh, Game Freak was the first studio to get 3DS dev kits. Oh. And obviously, you know, their first game was X and Y on the 3DS. Um, so nobody knew what they were working on yet, but I was like, oh, are we, are we, are we can, can you at least see the hardware or something? Like people knew what a 3DS was. Yeah. I didn't say anything. Of course, they, it was they, like, they locked it away. They put those away at yeah. least. Yeah. They definitely were like, Meteor coming, we're going to put some stuff away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My whole impression of the office was that it was really beautiful and really painstakingly put together, but not as big as you would think mm. for a studio that just made out these multi, multi-million dollar hits. Yeah. Like even their development area, which was just like this large, long room, mm -hmm. there's not that many people in here. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure they've grown a lot. Since then. Since then. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, you think like, this is one of the like, in terms of making hits, like this is the studio. Yeah. And they're very, you know, it's a, it's a pretty... Small office, small yeah. smallish office. So I understand why they moved into this new office where you know they could not have expanded into this new place That's unless they wanted to get why. more floors yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we did that. We did our interviews. It was great. We said goodbye to them. They didn't. They didn't come with us for anything after that. Mm -hmm. They were busy. Yeah. Well, they were working on a right. stuff. <clears throat> but yeah. we had all of our Pokemon Company handlers who were very nice and were were helping us around. Yeah. I've heard Pokemon Company office is also like really like over the top cool. Really. I never went there though. Oh, yeah. the one in Bellevue that we went to. I've never that? been to that one. Oh, I've been to that you one. You went to that one? Multiple times. Okay. I was going to say, like, th th when you were saying, talking about Game Freak's offices, it kind of reminds me of the Bellevue um, mm. Pokemon Company office yeah. in Seattle. They do have those big statues I've seen they so do. many pictures so many of. pictures. But they have a lot of, like, the merch is on display. Yeah. The conference rooms are themed after different Pokemon That's games. Good. So they have a sort of a spirit of that as well. But those yeah. offices are super, super nice. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, like, oh, in, wow. in our Nintendo office, we had a, a, a meeting room that was called Animal Crossing that was just the world's most boring, so plain yeah. <laughs> meeting room inside. The, the names of the conference rooms were like Nintendo games, yeah. but no, none of it was like decorated Nothing was or themed. Anything. Yeah. 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 Um, so after that, we, we get out and they take us, again, now, now we're into the experiencing the Pokemon phenomenon. We went to a Pokemon Center. Nice. Which is a Pokemon-specific store, which is often in a mall. And there's a lot of these. Yeah, yeah. And they all have some sort of a big, like, visual flourish in them. Like, there's one now. I don't know which one it is. They actually have, like, the Mewtwo in the, like... In the tube. In the, in the tube. test tube. Yes. Like, whoa. And it looks... I saw a picture of Mr. Masuda next to it. Yes. When they were, like, oh, that store yeah. opened. Mr. Masuda's Instagram is a good follow if you aren't following him yet. I know. You he's, should. He's, he has a lot he's of cool got a lot of cool there. stuff. Um, but... Like sometimes it's like huge, huge like, like statues, statues or stuff hanging from the ceiling. It's like visually very cool. And they're all different. And sometimes they have different merchandise at different ones. Yeah. To like reflect the spirit of the city. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like I've been to the ones in Kyoto. I think there's a couple in Tokyo. I remember I went to one when I was in um, a different part of Japan, like way down south. Oh, yeah. Like Ishigaki area. Mm. And all of the, they had like all of the tropical Pokemon and then in the Pokemon oh, really? Center, so it was like everything, Alola, Alola oh. but that was before the Alola region even existed. <laughs> they were teasing it. Oh, no. They were teasing That's it. That's it. But like, yeah, there was supposed to be like exclusive to that town. That's cool. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's very well thought out. Really fun. 
Um, <clears throat> our, our group really enjoyed doing some shopping there. Um, and that was kind of like, we, we really had just one full day of, of doing a lot of big stuff. There was one other thing that happened, which um, almost was a real issue with one of our attendees. Uh-oh. Um, so I, I will not say who this person is, but we, one of our media was a freelancer for a pretty big outlet. And they were absolutely like a Pokemon mega fan and very well equipped to write the story based on this. But I will just say like they were a little green in terms of like life experiences. Mm. I don't think they had ever traveled outside of the U.S. before. And I remember like I had to really like I was on the flight with this person and I had to like basically hold their hand through like customs like no now, now you're going to need to show your passport now you're going to blah 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 oh wow that was not the issue though uh this person almost got arrested in uh on the tokyo subway oh, gosh. i was not with them they got brought back to the hotel by the police Ooh. uh and they said uh this person was taking photographs of people on the subway and they got reported and I don't think they were doing oh, it no. maliciously. Yeah, they're really sensitive to that kind of right. stuff in Japan. Yeah, I mean that you shouldn't, you shouldn't really be doing that anywhere, honestly. Well, of people, of people, or like, are you taking photos of yourself? No, it was like of people. I think I think they were trying to do some like artsy photography or something. I don't know. Um, anyhow, oh, no. uh, could have gone really bad. I mean, the police dropped them off, and I was like, don't do this again. But Probably. if you were in a different city, like, it could have been. Real bad. So that was a little s jolt of excitement <laughs> for oh, all of that's our so, that's so sad for all scary. of our media handlers. They're like, that's oh, well, there's there's thirty of us to one media, and this person almost got arrested. Cool, good job by us. <laughs> you guys, what are you doing? You, you <laughs> this was during our free time. This person was like, I'm gonna go check out the city by myself. Like, great, have fun. Oh, so you never should leave them alone. Yeah. You're like in like the Pokemon cafe or something, <laughs> drinking a Pikachu latte while this person was gonna get arrested. We're all living our own lives here, okay? People do what they want. Just don't get arrested. Because oh, no. uh, I, I don't know how to bail somebody out of Japanese prison. You can't. I don't know how. They have a 99% conviction rate by the way, in Japanese prison. So I, that, just, I just listened to a podcast about that. So again, I was like, very oh, close call. That's uh, but it had a happy ending. And uh, yeah, that was the trip. Very, very memorable going to see Game Freak and get a little glimpse into all of their processes. Yeah. and. Again, do the flip side of because they they came to see us, you know, year after year after year. They it was love fun, it was to, fun to turn the tables on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't think a lot of people can say that they've been inside that office. So yeah, it's yeah. pretty special. Very, very wonderful memory. Of we mine. did try to get me to go, but our our boss was like absolutely. Uh. <laughs> we tried to make a case. <laughs> I know for me. we did. Yeah. Was, it was it was a good <laughs> effort by us. <laughs> and then he was like, yeah, "Absolutely not. What, yeah. your, what is your role?" Oh well. Oh, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Having a good Japan. time. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I just want to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, all right, we are on to our Never a Minute segment here. And you might remember last week we talked about whether the Switch, the Switch life cycle, and whether it was overstaying its welcome or it was doing fine or it needed more time. Yeah. Um, one of our Patreon superstars had a great idea of why don't you look back at different life cycles of different consoles and decide. Was it too short? Was it too long? Was it just right? Mm -hmm. So we have how many? Eight. Eight, eight yes. different systems. Not yes. just Nintendo. Yeah. All sorts all of consoles. All sorts. And we're going to decide. With all different life cycle lengths. And we're going to decide whether it's overstayed its welcome, was cut down before its prime, or just right. Yeah. Um, 
Our first one is the GameCube, which had a life cycle of 2001 to 2006. So I, I decided the life cycle was when the next console came out. Obviously, okay. there may have still been things Stuff coming out. for that console, but, but yeah. Just to have a, a very clear cutoff for all of these. Right. That's how we're doing it. Right. So 2006 is obviously when the Wii came out. Right. Uh, what do you think about the GameCube? I think it was cut down before its prime. Really? Yeah. Because I have the opposite. I'd say it overstayed its welcome. Oh, see, I I really personally love the GameCube. Right. And I think that if there were more software, if there was more games to support, mm -hmm. I think the problem with GameCube is that there wasn't that many games, um, unfortunately. Yeah. So, but if there were more games on that console, um, I think it could have survived much longer and would have been Well, fun. it's a lot of what ifs there. So to keep what keep trickling some games out for two three years. What what was? Yeah, I think it would have been really great if they were okay. able to support that. Yeah. that uh, console with more games, but because it was, you know, towards the end there was like nothing for the GameCube. I can see why it ended pretty pretty fast. I mean, that <clears throat> life cycle is really short. Yeah, yeah. I am of the mindset that when you have a dud of a hardware generation, you kind of got to just get get in and get out. Well, you know, mm. you don't want to like make people think you're you're you know cheaping them out by moving on too soon yeah but um i mean this was a solid five years and you know you probably could have gotten away with four there's been there's been some major revisionist history about the gamecube like the gamecube at the time was nintendo's worst selling console yeah it was, it was really not great. you know the the proverbial quote last place amongst its competitors and there's some great games on it but yeah it was not it was not nintendo's best work um, but these days, like, you know, everybody's like, oh, we love, GameCube's iconic, we all had a GameCube, everybody loved the GameCube, it's like, mm. I definitely... It's not exactly I, I think I what it was some, in the moment. I have some personal bias with GameCube, because it's the first console I ever bought for myself, with my own money. Okay. Because I was in college when right. the GameCube was out, mm -hmm. and I just feel like, for me, at the time, it was like... It was like perfect. Like yeah. It had games that I, I could play with my friends. Well, whatever on system in. you had in college is going to be an all timer. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I have a, some personal bias, I think. Right. Um, so I, I wish we had those those days a little longer. Yeah. You know, because it was such a like formative time for me to get, like, especially because I was kind of like getting back into gaming at right. that time. Um, so, so maybe that's why I, I said that. But uh, yeah, I, okay. I, could, I could see, you know, it's kind of like the Wii U mentality and then Nintendo had. It's like, well, we're, we're, we're done with this. Yeah. We need to move on. Yeah. You know? um, next, we have the Wii, 2006 to 2012. I said overstate its welcome. That's what I said as well. The last few years of Wii, that the, was... The bottom fell out real fast. That was really rough for us. Like, we were really grasping That was a big surprise. Straws. Yeah, that was a big Is surprise. It, it was almost like... Overnight, it's like we went from being like the hottest thing, sold yeah. out everywhere. Yeah, grannies and grandpas playing Wii bowling. Right. To then just like pfft, nobody cares. That's what happens what do we do? when it's like that, like lightning in a bottle effect. I think was the Wii a fad? I think so. I tend to agree. Like a lot of people say that very derisively, but I think if you like, what is the definition definition of a fad? That's it's like what something it is. that very people very quickly get on and get off of. Right. This was it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why that we felt that shift so like tremendously right. when we were at Nintendo because it was like the highs of the highs of like having this incredibly well-known system to like the lowest of the lows where yeah. 
it just felt dated right away almost. Yeah. It's so, it was so strange, that feeling. I remember in, in Reggie's book, he talks about this and kind of his perspective of that. And he, he does outline some of the mistakes that Nintendo made and, and really tried to learn from in the future about, you know, don't just highlight the next game, highlight this great library of games that mm -hmm. people can enjoy if, if people are getting on new. Like, he had a lot of great, great thinking about that. But yeah. Yeah. It, it, but, but, you know, you look at what came next, the Wii U, which I think we both agree felt a little half-baked when it came out. Like, yeah. they, they really couldn't get, get something out sooner. They couldn't. Like, they could barely get the Wii U out the door. It was just a bad, the timing the, so was that, terrible. Yeah, like, the way that they, they planned that, yeah. the timing for hardware was, was not good. Yeah, like 2010 right. through the Wii U life was a rough oh, time. That was rough. The yeah. mini, the uh, stupid for your, colors. For your ski chalet. Those, that, those marketing, for your Canadian ski those, chalet. Those poopy Every, marketing campaigns, thumbs down. Uh, we I've, did bad. I've never been to Canada, but I've been led to believe that everybody in Canada has a ski chalet with a Wii Mini. You know, the Nintendo ski chalet in Canada has a Wii Mini. <laughs> I have a photo of that, actually. Um, but yeah. Oh, yeah. man. What a dud. Those couple of last years are for yeah. me. Uh, Nintendo DS, 2004 to 2011. That's a long one. Seven years. I put just right for this one. Really? Even though it was so stinking long, it just felt like there was still so much interest yeah. for the DS. Um, yeah. Even as like we had 3DS right. and DSXL, DSi, like we had all sorts of yeah. random stuff. Like people just wanted to play their DS. Yeah. People still want to play their, their DS now. You know, it's like, it just felt like, a sustaining a system that would just like sustain people's interests. Right. And if you had one, you played it and you kept playing it. Yeah. Um, I agree. I would lean a little bit more towards saying I think it had a little bit more life in it. Oh actually, wow. I think Okay. Because again, like what was the competition? Like sometimes right. a lot of times there's competition that's making you move sure. on to something else. Sure, sure, sure. And at this point it's like, all right, we vanquished the PSP. Fine. We don't have to worry about that. Right. There's base like there's phones, yes, but the, like well, that, this, was, that was the time when the phone. This is not. Were, a, this is not a phone. Yeah, there, um, there was a question about mobile gaming. I mean, it's like the, the sales were definitely trailing off, but they didn't, you know, hit a brick wall. No. So I think you could have, if you kept making great games and you kept, mm -hmm. you know, tweaking these, you know, versions of the hardware, releasing new versions of hardware. I think you could have kept this going for a little bit longer. Yeah, and I again, until Switch because. Obviously, that handheld was taken over by right. Switch, the handheld market, I guess, or right. whatever. And again, that, that transition to 3DS was a little bit rocky. So, you know, yeah. write a good thing while you got it. Yeah. the three See, the three the DS to 3DS transition is this, the scary thing that we don't want to happen from Switch to the right. next one, where the next thing is a gimmick. Yeah. It doesn't stick. Right. right. Whereas you could have just had your yeah. original hardware that you improved upon made it better or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one's a fun one. Sega Genesis. Yeah. 1988 to 1994. Yeah. You know, I never, I feel like I'm really ill-equipped to talk about this console because I never owned a Genesis. Um, I don't have like a lot of personal experience. So you're passing this. on this. No, I'm oh. going to say overstated. Being uninformed never stopped you from voicing an opinion. Exactly. <laughs> you're going to listen and you're going to like it. I'm going to say uh, overstate its welcome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so when we did Sonic Week, I did a lot of research and reading and watching videos on just the Genesis in general because it was, you know, so interesting. And I, I really, you know, they had 
a lot of friction I learned between Sega America and Sega Japan. Yeah. And there was this big moment where it's like, okay, we need to do something next. And what are we going to do? And the U.S. branch came up with the 32X, which is this bolt-on thing that you, you can add on to the Genesis and make right. it a 32-bit system. Right, right. Um, which was kind of a half step, but it, you know, their thinking was like, well, this will buy us some time. Then the Japan branch, I guess, didn't tell the U.S. branch that they were working on the Sega Saturn. Right. And they basically announced that as the 32X was coming out. Like, can you imagine the... The cannibalization. The, no, but but also like the, the crossed wires, like how would you not that would be step on somebody's foot like that? An all-time self-own. Yes. Like, if that happened at Nintendo, heads would roll. Heads would literally roll. That would be unheard of. Yeah, the, this relationship between the American and Japan branch, I just don't I don't fully understand how like yeah. how that dynamic would work. Yeah. Um, but that was really the nail in the coffin for them because you know, 32X didn't really take off, and then the Sega Saturn wasn't wasn't anything great either, and that didn't right. work, and then the PlayStation just, you know, whacked them, basically. Right, so, exactly. Uh, yeah, it overstayed its welcome. Yeah, yeah, I, I just think that it never sort of, it didn't have, like, an identity that was strong enough to carry them, even when... It being was edgy the, was the, the identity. That's not that the was identity. All, That was all it was. That's, not the, that's your that's entire not personality is being edgy, bro. Let's call you bro. <laughs> you see how it didn't work for GameCube either. <laughs> <laughs> I watched those old GameCube commercials and I was like, oh my God. Ugh, this is horrible. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. Um, not the so best. that's why. Don't try to be edgy, people. I'll make your system totally fail. Uh, next, the original Xbox from 2001 to 2005. Very life short. Very, very short. before its prime. Oh. Although I do really like the next one that came I th after that. I think this one was just right, actually. You think that they needed to make well, room for Xbox 360? I think they had a very clear idea of what they wanted to do. And they, they had an opportunity. So they had they, there were a number of things. They had, we're moving on from standard definition to high definition. HD, yep. We have all these big ideas about how we can expand Xbox Live, which we've now introduced and people like. Yeah. And we can get the Xbox 360 out a year before Sony puts out the PlayStation yeah. 3. They really, they, they had to get smart about that. So it did feel like the reason why it was cut down before its prime was because 360 was right. opportunistically positioned. Yeah. So it's okay. But I, I think the Xbox, the original Xbox had like so much promise and like yeah. it was such like a, when it came out, it truly felt like, oh, this is like the next step in gaming. This is the next thing. Like this feels like a new yeah. evolution in yeah. like the history of video games and how you played video games. Um, so just to see it be a four-year thing is like kind of sad. But then yeah. when you think about 360 coming at the heels of that and what that console meant, it's like, oh, that makes sense. It didn't feel that short in the moment. I mean, I had an original Xbox. It felt like, all right, fine, we're moving on. And you know, the next system was really great. That's the thing, yeah. Um, the next and when they pulled great. the plug on the original Xbox, they really pulled it. That's like, what I'm saying. There was like no, there no was support, no, no games, support. nothing. It was so... We have moved on. It was so abrupt. Right. Like, no one does that anymore, I, I feel like. Yeah. So good for them for yeah. just being very like, and the next one is out. Totally. You need to buy that one if you want to play these games at all. Exactly. Which I did. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, anyways. I, I, I do think, like, I have fun. Again, I have very fond memories of... The original Xbox hmm. and like even like looking at these dates now I'm like oh god that's so uh. short <laughs> that's so sad um 
Up next, the Xbox 360, 2005 to 2013. Yeah. Again, the longest uh, life cycle on this whole list, eight years. Yeah, this is probably the top, well, yeah. I think this might be my favorite system on this whole list, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think Just Right would be my... Yeah. I mean, they probably could have extended it I think even so, a too. little bit more, but I think it, it didn't feel like it was, you know, super dated or anything towards right. the end of its life cycle. It didn't feel like... You know, people we were like, oh, God, like, when are we going to get to move on to the next one? Yeah. Like, it doesn't really, it didn't ever feel like that. Like, right. I think I was playing my 360 for a long yeah. time. They got the absolute most out of this thing. Yeah. And a great software library. Yeah. Just great innovations in Xbox Live. They connect that really gave it a second life. <laughs> oh, yeah, connect. Um, but then, again, like, the next generation was a complete dud. Xbox One. Xbone. I never, I never bought Xbone. You had... I did. I know. And I sold it very fast. You did not like that Xbox. I hated at that. All. Thing. It, was it had no games that I wanted. I, got, I bought it for Titanfall, which was a great game. I played that on Xbox 360. And then I just sat around and I was like, uh, anything else? And then nothing else came out and I sold it. Yeah. Um, terrible. And I canceled my Xbox Live subscription, which is really hard to do. And now you have like multiple usernames? No, now I just have a new one. Um, like so your I, I lost all of my achievements, my Chivos. I lost them all. I don't care. I have my Chivos. It's fine. Oh, you had that, you were paying for Xbox Live when you didn't even, or did, or did it just go like dormant? Dormant. Oh. Yeah, and then I, I got, well, my next system, my next Xbox yeah. was the Series S. I really rage quit on the X-Bone Yeah, of that. I missed that whole generation because I went from 360 to yeah. Series S. Isn't that crazy? It's fine. I mean, I think a lot of people. But I love. I think my a lot three, of people. I loved my 360. Like I played it for a yeah. long. That's a top time. tier console. Even though I'm known to throw things away, like I still have mine. Really? Because mm -hmm, I love it. Which one is it? Is it the original kind of curvy yeah, one, the curvy or one. like the 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 S, the smaller one no, that was I black? No, I had the original curvy one. Did you ever have a red ring? No. No. I've never gotten it. I had five red rings. <laughs> oh, that's upsetting. I never gotten it. And I was always like, what are people talking about? This is fine. <laughs> uh, well, that's cool because I, I really like the look of that system. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I really, I have, I, again, a very like special place in my heart yeah, for the 360. Yeah. My first um, Street Fighters, Street Fighter team. Uh, okay. Yeah. Owned. All right. Now we've got two Sonys to close us out. We have PSP, 2004 to 2011. That's pretty long. That's kind of long, like a longer than I thought. Overstate its welcome. Um, Sorry, PSP. Well, so they had a real problem near the end. Yeah. And so did DS near the end with piracy. That's true. Major, major That's problems. True. Yeah. And they seem to not really, I mean, you. this was before you could fix a lot of these issues with firmware. Right, right. Um, like if you had an, an, like ROM hacked or whatever your right. DS, like there's nothing they can do to stop you. Right. Okay. So that was a big reason, I think, for both of these in moving on. But the PSP, I think, is a little bit like people say, like, oh, the PSP didn't live up to its potential. Like, it sold a lot of systems. It did. Yeah. I mean, Japan is a handheld market, as we yeah, know. Yeah, this was very popular so it was in really Japan. really popular there. Um, yeah, I remember it not being as popular here in the U.S., though. Do people buy a it, lot of PSPs here? Picked, I have not had It one. picked up. Did you um, have one? Oh, yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. I did. Um, had great games, great Sony support, which is something mm -hmm. the Vita didn't have. I mean, I have a Vita, you too, a for Vita. God's sake. I know. Why do you have it? No, I know. You exactly. know why. I know why you have a Vita. I still have my Vita. That was um, a silly reason to get a Vita. I don't like it, though. I'm not, I'm not Greg Miller. Um, 
I'm making a lot of Greg Miller Vita references you lately. You really are. I gotta stick it to him for that whenever I can, because it's so ridiculous. He is very upset with the vote that- Brian the, Altano put up a Brian poll. Brian Altano's poll yeah. has, has sent Greg Good. Miller into like a, a shame spiral or something. <laughs> Wii U versus Vita. Wii U won, thank goodness. No, no. Let's not be ridiculous here. I voted for Wii U. Um, Don't get mad at me, Greg. But again, PSP, like, I really think it was the piracy that made them say, like, we, we got to get off this. Yeah. This is killing us. Yeah. Otherwise, I think they could have kept going. Because, again, like, what what was the competition? DS. Like, those games still looked good. I mean, DS. yeah, DS, I mean, you'd be fighting, but you would always have the edge of, like, this is, the, this is the higher end system. Which is what they do now with PS5 right. you could have You could have kept going yeah. with that. So, I'm kind of sad. I'm, I, I'm nostalgic for the PSP. You are nostalgic for the PSP. Yeah. I never had one. So UMD Movies. That was a great untapped. We saw so many old UMD <laughs> so movies trash. at the retro stores. I was like, dang. Let's bust out that PSP, people. Could be watching Liar Liar on my PSP. It's a good movie. Jim Carrey? All right. Uh, our last one is the... the uh, Quintessential system. The Titaned PlayStation 2. Ooh. 2000 to 2006. So much shorter than I thought. I know. Um, but sold... A ton. They definitely could have squeezed more out of that one. Well, I think I think it was cut down before its prime. This is a tough one because you had the HD revolution right ahead of us, and That's true. again, timing wise, think of Sony, Sony overall, Sony, not just PlayStation. It's right. like we have a TV a business, TV. we have a movie business, yeah. we have a Blu-ray business, mm -hmm. so it makes sense for us to start to support. All of All those, those things, things in this system. Like like the DVDs for PS2 was like, that was part of the reason so many people got it. So right. they probably thought like, oh, that's we, why I got we'll, it. we'll just follow this formula again and yeah. it'll be awesome. Well, it wasn't yeah. awesome. What happened? It sucked. $600. It was, it was $600. It and was Ken, Ken Kutaragi told me to work five jobs to get it. You didn't even, oh my God. I still bought it. <laughs> I didn't buy it. I didn't have to get a second job. I got a PS4. I saved up. You, I you never had a PS3? Nope. The PS Triple? As Chad Warden said? I didn't get it because it was $600 uh, and I didn't have $600. I mean, it wasn't always $600. I can't. I can't afford <laughs> it's it. A, I, I, I forgive you for skipping that generation. I can't afford it. It's Although understandable. I did buy a PS5. It's understandable. That's, you know, yeah. like the same thing. Um, man, PS2 is a juggernaut. They should have totally supported it longer. They could have. There were still... I think it did have a pretty good life after that. Remember there was the very tiny PS2 that... Oh, yeah! And there were still a lot of games that were coming out for PS2. That's so, true. So this is one that I think really... People maybe, talk about PS2 still. It's like still relevant. I think the way we're defining the life cycle here doesn't totally work as well for yeah, PS2. Yeah, yeah, because it was a little bit more... like It, blew, it, it, it had a over. pretty. It had a pretty good life afterwards. Yeah. But man, like the software library for that was... It was iconic. Killer. Um, wow. Everyone still talks about PS2 in such, like, reverent tones. Yeah, yeah. As well as, For good like, reason. Exactly. And, and for good reason. I think reason. it was a monster. Um, well, that was fun. How did you guys think we did? Do you agree with our analysis of these, of these systems, or do you think differently? I want to know. Tell us in the comments if you think any of these things are, um, should have been an, another category. Yeah. Yeah. It was very fun. Uh, all right, Rhonda, <clears throat> what we are playing. We finally can talk about our secret game. Our, our embargoed <laughs> game is no, uh, the embargo is no longer. It's like a dragon Ishin. We oh have my both gosh. been playing it. We, uh, thank I think you we both so love much uh, to Sega for yes. getting us this 
um, game a bit early. Um, we also, of course, attended the preview event for this game and totally got hooked in. Should watch watch our video on that. It's very yeah, fun. we have a really fun yeah. vlog on that. Um, and again, this was as we were talking about when we went to that preview event. This game was not on our radars at all, at all at until all. then. Yeah. And now this is probably like the best game I played this year so far. Oh, you think so too? Absolutely. Oh, wow. I'm just like. Kicking myself for not like getting more hyped about it earlier mm. and not like really realizing that it was coming out so yeah, soon and yeah. all that stuff. Um, but yes, we and I've been both been playing. We're both really, really liking it a lot. Um, you know, one thing that we both really enjoy about this game, I think, is the setting. Um, how it takes place in sort of like ancient Kyoto. Yes. Yeah, so this is a different kind of like a dragon or a Yakuza game where it's set in the past. Right. 1860s Kyoto. Yeah. Right. So it's a cool, interesting time in the history of Japan. Um, made us a little bit curious about the history of that time. I think we both kind of looked up a couple they, of things. Yeah. We're like, they oh, do what's going on? get pretty deep into some historical details that I, I was a little bit worried on early of like, do I need to read up on Japanese history of this era to totally follow? Because they're yeah. talking like, oh, there's these different class of samurai. Yeah. And like, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Yeah. And they yeah. do have an in-game glossary where you can see some of that. Yeah. Um, I've, I've come to realize, like, if you want to look that up, you can, mm -hmm. but you don't have to. Yeah. Um, but it's an interesting time period of history in general in right, Japan. So right. it's kind of cool that the game is set in that time. Yeah. So it's it's a time of change because, you know, there's like all these like Europeans who yeah. have started to arrive and like they so do make more like industrialized. That, that doesn't whatever. play like a big part in it. But there are some moments where like they'll mention like, oh, this girl needs Dutch medicine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they're using guns. Right. Yeah. Is, there's is guns. one like big thing um, in this game. Yeah. Or like you will actually meet some figures who like, I was like, they're, they're talking so specifically about this person. I looked up the name. It's like a real person. Right. And the main character of the game. is a real person. Is actually a real person. Ryoma. Uh, Ryoma. Yeah. yeah. Um, who looks like Kiryu. Yeah. That's the other thing is like they're using the faces. Okay. This is such a cool like thing that they did where it's like. The way that they explained it to us, I was like, this is ridiculous, but I kind of love it. Yeah. So they have all of the Yakuza characters that you are really familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that they put them in this game is like, think about them as actors in a stage right. play. So he's like um, playing the role of Ryoma, yeah. basically. But yeah. it's, his, it's his face mm -hmm. and sort of his personality as well. Yeah. Um, so, but you, you see lots of other, like yeah, the guy with an eye patch right. that you see, the guy that owns like the club or whatever, yeah, yeah. see that in like almost every single Yakuza game, like mm -hmm. he is in this game as well as one of like the, you know, the, the, the samurai that you interact with and stuff like right, that. Right, right. The story is very good. Yeah. Um, again, it, it get, it can get pretty complicated if you want to understand all the little moving parts, but basically the idea is like your father figure was assassinated and you infiltrate this kind of secret society to try and find out who it was. Who it was. That yeah. is the most basic high level right, summary right. of the story. Yeah, there's lots of different characters that you meet um, like along the way. Some of them are like real, again, real historical figures yeah. as well. And um, yeah, like some of the settings, like you're in like Kyoto. So you go to like Fushimi and you mm. go to Gion and you go to all of these neighborhoods that like we've been to before. Right. And it's like, this looks the same. Like this yeah. actually looks Super familiar. Yeah, Gion in particular does look almost exactly pretty much like it does in the yeah. game still now. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool to see that um, right. kind of replicated in that way. Yeah. Um, unlike the last game, 
this is a action-oriented battle system. It's right. not, it's not it's turn-based. Not turn -based. So this is a remake, we should say, right. of a game that never came out in the U.S. Right, right. Um, so it is going back to that that style of fighting. I, I really like the fighting. I actually really like the fighting. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more than the turn-based. I, mean, I like the turn-based too, but... It's I, different, yeah. I like how this is like very fast, yeah. you know? Um, and I like the fighting styles because you can choose between like just the sword or sword and gun or like brawler or gun. Right. So you can like very quickly switch between all the different styles. Yeah. And... I don't know, it like makes it feel like, oh, let me just try this yeah. one, this style out right. and see how it feels this yeah. time or whatever. Yeah, and other games, like they have different like fighting stances, but they always felt a little samey to me, so I yeah. never did too much of that. Like in this one, like they're obviously obviously a sword is different from a gun. Yeah. So you have a lot of and there's a lot of like strategic reasons for mm -hmm. choosing one over the other, yeah, um, and they all have their own kind of skill tree that you right. can fill out that'll give you either more powerful attacks or different special attacks. Um, I'm pretty much maxed out on the sword one at this point with, yeah. the, with the, the just the gun after that. The mm. brawler is the one that I don't, I haven't totally clicked with because yeah. it, it just seems very weak. Yeah. Obviously, you're like punching people should be less powerful than, than a sword. slashing people with a sword. But... Like it also is based on like picking things up and using the environment yeah. as weapons, but it it just doesn't feel as worthwhile. I like the sword the best, and then the yeah. next one I like is sword and gun, the the yeah. wind dancers um, yeah. stands, which is very interesting. That's like a cool you kind of do a little bit less. It's like you can't block. You can't block. You dodge. You dodge a lot. Yeah. Um, you're kind of like just spinning you're around. You're like a whirling yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the sword is not as you don't do as much damage with, with the sword as the sword on its own. You don't do as much yeah. damage with the gun as the gun on its own, but together it's like really fun because right. you basically like dual wield right, right. these two weapons. Um, there is a really interesting system that they introduce kind of late into the game, yeah. I would say, where you so you're basically like a leader in this like unofficial police group, right? And you can ha bring officers on to your squad, basically, but they're, they're not actually fighting alongside you. Mm -hmm. They're just basically, like, available, like, power-ups for you. Yeah. They look so, like little, like, baseball it's cards. It's like a trading card. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a meter, and then you can activate them to do different things, and some of them will heal you, or some of them will give you... Like a special like a, a boost or a special... Mm -hmm. Some of those special attacks are cool. They're, they're very, like, over oh the God, top. so over the top. Like, the one I have is, like, a lightning thing. Yeah, you're doing, like, <clears throat> force lightning. You just, force like, zap Force lightning. Them. You zap, like, six people at right. once and does, like... Plus 400 damage. Yeah, it's like amazing. Yeah. So much fun. Uh, I, have a I have a tiger that eats somebody's face off. Oh, you can also I get a bear it. that mauls somebody. Wow. Um, get the chicken. You can have a chicken too. I want, I love, you know I love a chicken. <laughs> this game loves chickens, of I love, I love a ch any chicken in any Yakuza yeah. game, I'm like in. Right. Um, the, he the healing one's helpful too. Like it's yeah. like, like shadow heals you in the background. Yeah, yeah. So nice. It's a very like in-depth system. That again, they introduced pretty late into the game, and I was like, oh, "Am I going to like this? Is this going to be too much?" No, but it was like but pretty it's cool. seamless. It's yeah. cool, but like you can manage them a lot. Like you can buy mm -hmm. new ones, you can power them up, you can like. There's so they many level up after that you each can battle. choose from. They're all graded from like common, rare, you know, ultra yeah. rare, um, that kind that of thing. I just have like you know my normal. Yeah, yeah. I I, I haven't had to tinker with it that much. Yeah, this game is like there is a lot of side things. You can oh, you were saying like when you save, like your completion percentage it's is like still 0. Like under 10%. Yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, 100%ing this game would be a How lot. How do you do that? A I don't lot. understand because there's yeah. so many, 
Yeah, there's so many mini games, which is what makes this game super charming. Right. Like, there's so many mini games. There's so many little side like, stories. Side stories. There are like different people, characters that you're supposed to be meeting and yeah. interacting with. And I am obsessed with the mahjong mini game in in this game. This is just like normal mahjong, right? It's almost identical to the mahjong that I grew up playing. Oh. Like this is, again, this is like a weird, like fun fact about me is that like I come from um, like a town in China where mahjong is really, really popular. It's like pretty More much- More than other towns? I think so, yeah. Oh, really? It's like the number one pastime okay. in my hometown. And it used to be like a weekly occurrence, like my grandma's house, like Sunday night dinners were, were always dinner and then like all of the adults had like several tables of mahjong. Yeah. And like, yeah, my mom and, and like the entire family, they're like very versed in playing mahjong. So I learned yeah. to play mahjong. Yeah. And I have like lots of fun memories of like playing with my grandmother and stuff like that. And um, so when I saw that there was like a mahjong parlor, I had to like obviously check it out. Yeah. And the rules are really similar. And even like the words that you use um, they sound like the Chinese words. Mm. Um, so like my little routine for playing this game is like I'll play like a couple of chapters and then I'll go and like play Mahjong for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun! Uh, you can win a lot of money so you can use the, you can get your, you can get, you can gamble, gamble and, and get your money at back. At one point <laughs> in my life I knew how to play Mahjong but I don't anymore so. Really? That, I have to sit that one out. I should teach you. Yeah, it's really fun. Need a refresher. Um, it's really, really fun. There's another really big mechanic that you, I think you've gotten this far, where you get a house. Yeah. And you can do like all these kind of side things to get money where you are like farming mm -hmm. and cooking and selling off the stuff the that you cook. And, and selling off your, but you can like upgrade the house. You can get all these different decorations. Um, you can plant your crops however you want. It's like yeah. a grid and you can lay them out. Um, that's a cool, again, I was, I was like, eh, do I need to? pay much attention to this or is this going to suck? But it's, it's kind of neat. It is. It's like all of these different ways for you to, I don't know, for you to like interact with the, the environment, I guess. Right. Because um, like in the last Yakuza game, the, the thing that they made you do was a stock market thing. Yes. So it's kind of like that, but you're, you're like kind of like the same idea. Stock market, I don't know how much I really liked that. Like oh, it was, really it was a cool it. idea, but it was, it was very complicated. I thought I, I it clicked like after I played it for a little while. Yeah. This is a little bit easier. The right. house is a little bit easier for you it's to pretty like, straightforward, understand. Yeah. But it's the same idea where like this side thing just like makes you money. Basically, yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, you know, we t we've talked about this a lot already, but like the way the game can balance serious and goofy stuff oh God, is amazing. like really unparalleled. Some of the lines, I won't repeat them here because it's not really like safe for work. <laughs> you guys should just go and read, like yeah. watch some of the videos. But like there's one scene like where you're in the bathhouse and <laughs> yeah. like this, you have this showdown with this guy in the bathhouse. So you're both like naked. You're both naked and you're fighting, but you have these little like, like steam clouds. smoke around over your, your private your, area. Your swimsuit area. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but it's done parts. like, it's, it's like, it's, it's trying to be serious, but it's also like really hilarious. And then yeah. there's also just like slapsticky things that will really happen. Really slapsticky things. Where yeah. like, there's no, there's no other game that juggles these two things so like, well. in a way that's actually competent. Yeah, exactly. And like the main character is like real goofy, you know, but like you can tell like, this is like a card of gold character. Right, right. right. So, it, you know, it's not a serious quest to like find the killer. Or whatever, but yeah. he also has like these like, you know, romantic blunders and like right. this like funny stuff that happens. You mm -hmm. know, he meets like a priest, and then yeah. they have like a funny interaction, yeah. or 
you know, he helps an old lady cross the street. Kind of, yeah, like the little funny things and like yeah. endearing things as mm -hmm. well. So it's like it's really it's really nice that they introduce this character as someone so someone so relatable. Mm -hmm. Even though, like, he's like supposed to be like a hardened, yeah. you know, samurai yeah. or like a a, a game member or whatever, you right. know, like it, it definitely feels like it's relatable to you. Does this game have the hottest characters you've seen in a while? Absolutely. <gasps> You've been hinting at this. He's really hot. I agree. And his body is. <laughs> With or without a steam cloud. <laughs> but there's more than just him, right? There's so many. There's a lot of yeah. them. Yeah. The guy with the glasses is pretty hot, yeah. too. That guy is right. hot. And then there's another there's another couple like main characters that are there's the the, the like sort of the bad main character. Yeah. He's not bad looking either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. There we go. All of them have like six packs and they're like jacked so every single character yeah even like the old guys they take their shirt off and they're like <laughs> jacked underneath you're like what Whoa. you're 80 like what's going doesn't on doesn't matter it doesn't matter no. uh i think i'm maybe two-thirds through this i think you're a little bit ahead of me yeah yeah but i mean i'm pretty close yeah i'm like chapter six seven okay yeah yeah cool um, yeah, we'll be checking in on this game then. You said you've also been on the side playing more Metroid Prime. I know. I um, have been wanting to get back to Metroid. We streamed Metroid, which was super, super fun. Um, and then, of course, I started my own like replay of that yeah. game. And I actually spent some time over the weekend just like digging into it more because I hadn't gone back to it since yeah. we did our stream. And, God, that game is just so good. And, like, I was thinking... When I first played this game, I remember getting lost a lot more than I am. I'm doing pretty good now. Okay. I haven't really gotten super stuck. But I remember when I first played this game, I was like perpetually lost. And I was like, is it because I just like have played more Metroid games recently and now I like kind of know how this Maybe. whole thing works or what? But somehow it's feeling like very intuitive. Um, I mean, the game obviously looks really, really beautiful. And... Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm having a ton of fun just like replaying. I don't remember a thing about this game, so it just feels like a new game right. now. Um, yeah, I'm having having a great time. Cool. Um, I have I have not kept up with this because I've been doing Like a Dragon and some other things, but I, yeah. I would like to come back to it. Because one of the other things I've been doing is this retro games. Yeah. My gosh. Um, Thanks, Xanadu. So I've had all sorts of twists and turns with this. So remember I got the Retron 2 HD. Yes. Um, the system I got actually broke on me. You had a, a very unfortunate... I had a sad thing happen where my system just... I think something you just went... something blown out. I think, yeah, because I was playing a game and then the picture just like oh. went out and I couldn't get anything else to... I mean, the power light would go on, but nothing else would play. Oh, no. So, oh, that's a bummer. very sad because you had just gotten it, too. I know. So it was unfortunate. But um, I bought it on Amazon and Amazon returns are super easy and Thank lenient so God. i actually got a new system like yeah. within a day yeah um and could just return the other one so i don't i don't know how widespread issues like that are so i don't want to make too big a deal about it but, but the one that you have now works perfectly fine it, yes. and you've been playing is, all your yes. games yeah uh, i've been playing a lot of games but two i'll talk about uh fazanadu famicom zanadu finally finally yes. uh this game is excellent uh this is a game that again i had seen in Nintendo Power, thought about, but never played, never knew anybody who had it, never really saw in action. Yeah. 
Uh, so I thought, like, well, I got this thing. Let's, let's get this game. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> this is not an old game that costs hundreds and hundreds of dollars. This cost yeah. me like $15 on it's eBay. It's not bad, right? Which is great. That's a good price. Yeah. And this game is, I'd say the closest thing to it is Zelda 2, where it's mm. like a side-scrolling like action RPG. Yeah. Um, it's really good. Um, it's got a lot of depth to it for a game of this age where like you're getting different weapons, you can get magic, you can level up, you can get items. Um, all of the fighting is action based. Right. And it's like, you know, 2D sword based Poking. stuff or, or, or casting magic. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so far it's not like crazy hard like some of those old NES games can be. Yeah. Um, I'm doing okay. Um, the game has a pretty lenient save system where okay. just like whenever you get into a town, you can just save. Oh, and... that's good. So you don't lose everything. If you yeah, and it's not like that long yeah. to get from one town to the other. So I'm, I'm sure I'll eventually reach a point where I just can't go on. Can't get any further. Yeah. And that's fine. That, that's what happens with these old games. But um, <clears throat> it's been really fun. And, you know, I actually have the old Nintendo Power like open next to me oh as God. I'm going. And it's you're like, oh, because totally I'm getting the tips. I need you're, some tips. You're reverting back to like a, what? I like need a some nine tips. year old, which is kind um, of cute. But so that's, okay. that's great. Um, so, yeah, Fazanadu. Look there it you go. Finally. Check it out. I mean, this is. I would recommend this to anybody who, like, if did if you ever had a game, like, in your youth that you, like, thought about but never actually had or played, it's like, get it! It's not you that. You can get it. Yeah, it's not that impossible, right. and it's, like, actually pretty easy to get get these now. Yeah, nice. yeah, like, this has been a, a fun experience. The other one is a game that I already had. This is a great game. Um, that I went back to is Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. This is I one of those great Capcom Disney games. This game so much. Yeah. yeah. Such a good one. Um, Disney is not my jam. Mickey Mouse is definitely not my jam. I know, but, but this, this game, game is good. This game is super good. Um, basically, it's like a 2D platformer, but as Mickey, you can get these, like, costumes, which mm -hmm. will give you different powers. Yeah. Like, you can get, like, like a fireman's outfit and like spray water, or you can be right. like a magician and shoot little like fireball things. Um, it's just really well done, and like the visuals and the music are very like what's uh, Fantasia? Is that the yes? That's the it, around the time when Fantasia came out. It I think. feels in that style where it's like it's like classical music yeah. and really like detailed backgrounds and graphics. Yeah. Yes. 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 I remember playing this game as a child. Um, I, I think. Like, I rented this game. And yeah. It must be one of the ones I rented. It's a very short game. Like, yeah. you can finish it in about an hour. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember playing with a lot of my friends at, like, a yeah. sleepover. Fond memories of yeah, yeah. Magic Quest. Um, <clears throat> and then there's a big uh, question mark here. Why, do you have a surprise? I might have a surprise for you. What'd you play? Well, I have What'd you play? Oh, I have something for you. <gasps> Little Mermaid! <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I got you Little Mermaid for the NES. Um, I have this list. I'm so excited. But I'm I don't have a retron. Working my way through of these old games. And uh, I just happened to pick you up Little Mermaid along this the way. It's my favorite game of all time. I played it until it broke. What are you doing with this now? Oh, you're going to put it there. You played it until it broke? It literally broke my NES and the game. What in the world? Yeah. Like I, it, oh, no. I played so many times. I think I played that Did game you like. throw it out the window? 400 times or something oh. like that until like it broke my NES and the game also broke. Yikes. Yeah. Um, I looked at some video. That game looks fun. It's so good. Yeah. The coolest part is when you have the bubble and you're swimming around with Ariel in the bubble and Flounder's there. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. So oh, I think we should do something with you in this game. Yay! Be fun. Yeah. Bring the Retron. Let me play it. <laughs> it's not called a Retron. Retron. <laughs> Retron. Come on. Um, so yes, I continue to uh, be smitten with retro games. Might have more on that later. Uh, but our last game is Blanc. Oh yes, Which Blanc. we did a video on. We streamed the first, it's only, I think we've streamed like half the game. It's well, only a, just a couple play the rest. Yeah. hour game. <laughs> Uh, how would you describe what this game is? This game is a co-op game done all in a black and white art style. Um, it's kind of like a puzzle co-op game. Yeah. Um, but it has like a very like slow pace, you know, it kind of feels cozy. almost like, yeah, it's very cozy. Um, it has sort of like a breath of the wild sort of, you're in nature, you're yeah. kind of like in this like desolate nature, you know, in the woods. Mm -hmm. And it has like kind of very similar music where it's just very like environmental. Yeah. Um, we <laughs> we streamed this game and it was really fun because we can play online co-op together. Which is a feature I'd, I wouldn't expect a game like this to have. And thank God it does. And it worked great. I think more games should have this. That's my well, takeaway. More I games mean, I think, should I think have this online co-op. I think this is a very small indie team. So, you know, they're, they're trying to do the most with what they got and yeah. good, and good for them for fitting this in. Really cool that they were able to yeah. do that. Cause yeah, I mean, I, I love to play more online co-op games with, with my friends. And um, yeah, we, we unfortunately got a little bit stuck doing a duck puzzle, but it was really funny because at the end of our stream, like when we weren't even trying, it like finished, the puzzle finished. Yeah. Uh, we were having a really great time with this game until we got to this one puzzle where you have to create like a windshield for I these little a ducklings. Really hard time. I think it's my fault. I think it was you. I think it was your fault, honestly. Oh no. Um, but I, th I think it was like one puzzle too many of that. Of the we same had, kind of thing. We had been helping these ducks for like an hour. It was like the fifth wind puzzle with these ducklings, <laughs> and this one was like the most complicated. Yeah, there was like bushes and yeah, bridges. So, and... But but be, before that, like the game was very, very fun. Yeah. And the game looks great. It's really it's, it's all black and white. Yes. It looks like the Take On Me music video, which is the only <laughs> comparison I have for it. It's, it's a it, good music it's video. Like, it's like, you know, pencil kind sketch, like sketched, but it's got yeah. like a lot of movement to it. A lot of texture. Um, yeah. The game had great vistas, so I appreciated that. Right. Um, you, you play as a cute little fawn and a cute little uh, wolf cub. Right. Yeah, and they, you each have your own like skills. Some people, yeah, some characters can do something that the others can't. Yes. Um, they sent us a box. They did. Which we're going to open. We'll describe it to the audio listeners, yeah. but we got a beautiful go. box. This box is so Look pretty. Look at this. This is nice. So yeah. Blanc on the side. Yeah. With the logo. Mm -hmm. Here's um, your characters, your uh, your deer and, and wolf cub. So let's open it up here. Oh. I think some things got a little jostled okay. along the That's way, okay. but let's see what we have here. Um, oh, I think there's a little note up here. What does this say? Uh, yes. Okay, this is just, you know, nice to know you kind of thing. What is this? Cute little pin. Oh, a pin. That's cute. Very you're, nice. You're going to enjoy this. Is it socks? Blanc socks. Oh, is this just so... One, is this one pair or two pair? One pair of socks. All right, you can have those. It's very cozy and warm. These look thick. They're wow. very thick, yes. For the winter. Uh, the dev winter team, socks. I understand, is in... In or around Montreal, so I think they're okay. They, they're experiencing they're equipped this, for cold this winter, weather, yes. right? And then there's one other thing here, which is this. Which well, I thought this was like a mug size, but it's something soft as well. Is it like a, a plushie or something? What is maybe? it? Oh, what is oh, it? Oh, what is that? Oh, this actually? is actually really interesting. I think it's a snow. Oh, globe. a snow globe. That's okay, cute. Hold this. All right. Oh, I love a snow globe. Love a snow globe. Oh, it could be also a Christmas ornament. 
Oh wow, this is very detailed. Okay, we're shaking it, and yeah. there is like little flakes inside. You can but it's it's carved in wood. And you can see there's a little wolf and a little. This is really cute. There. We'll put this on the, our Christmas. Does this stand on its own? If you yeah, it does. Yeah. Wow, that's cute. Very cute. Thanks, Blanc folks. Yeah, thank yeah. you. This is so adorable. I love it. Um, but yes, everyone should go check out the game. It's on a Nintendo Switch. Um, yeah. Which is what we were playing it on. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really fun. I filed this away in my memory bank for Cozy Game of the Year. Yes. Because clearly you need some help with the Cozy Game nominations because you chose Stray last year, which it's is a game cozy. where you get your face eaten off by aliens. I think that we should finish Blanc. Okay. We only have a little... I did, I did turn it on after that because I was like, I just want to see what it's like to play that single player. Have uh -huh. you played any single player? No, I haven't played since I played So game. you control both of the characters. Right. With two sides of the controller. Right. So that you can still do everything, but it is a bit more taxing. Because I'm like, I'm, brain. I need to control two characters at once. So it's cool that, you know, they're not changing the style of gameplay. Yeah. But I, I definitely preferred playing it. Yeah. Two player. I, I think, yeah, obviously it's nice that they give you the option, but um, I thought it was really fun. And it, again, not a lot of co-op, co um, online co-op games these days. So kind of a rare a rare one and a really good one. Too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before we go any further, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Yay, BetterHelp. Sometimes in life you just get bogged down with uh, challenges, whether they're at work, in your life, whatever it may be. Uh, a BetterHelp therapist can help you work through all those things. Yeah, it's it's easy to get overwhelmed, I think, in, in our daily lives. We certainly experience it, and it's been great to have a BetterHelp therapist kind of help us through some of these Moments when you feel a little bit overwhelmed and it's really easy, you can sign up by um, filling out a short quiz and it matches you with a licensed therapist and you can, you know, start to have a conversation with them really fast in, in all sorts of different ways, whether it's like phone or video call or text. Um, so it's been great. I've been enjoying Yes, it's a very easy way into the world of therapy. I'll be honest, if, if I was to look to do that another way, I'm not sure where I would begin. Yeah, but exactly. But this uh, really walks you through the process and gets you set up with a person uh, who's there to talk and, and to help. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Kit and Krista. We'll put the link right here and also in the description below. Yeah. All On right, we have a very meaty news section because a lot of stuff happened over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Things happened. Yeah. Things happened. So let's talk about this Zelda leak. And again, we will not be getting into spoilers for this at all. You have not seen this stuff. I have not seen it. I did look. I'll admit it. I was curious. Um, but I won't talk about it. Um, Don't talk to me about it later. Either. I won't. Why would, geez. <laughs> Come on. I want to know. It's been nice to see a lot of outlets saying we're not going to get into spoiler territory for this. I think so, too. For some games, like, they're not, they, they just, they'll just cover it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it seems like there was sort of a collective understanding of, like, uh, this and could I, be going too far for a lot I of people. I appreciated that a lot of people were like, they covered it almost like, hey, warning. 
spoilers are out there. Right. If you want to avoid them, like try muting these words yeah. or try doing these things. So that was nice. Right. So but basically what happened was the art book that's included with the limited edition leaked. Right. Basically in its entirety. Right. Um, so there's a lot of images of things that, mm -hmm. you know, had not been shared before. Um, they're just out there. Right. Um, I went through the process of if I was in the position of some poor soul, like I had been years ago, if I was in charge of Zelda marketing, what would my Sunday have been like? That would have been a bad day for you, yeah. and followed by a very bad week. Um, so what you got to do is you got to get ahead of this. Right. You need to start being proactive and start notifying people of yeah. what has happened, what we, what? how we think this happened. Right. And eventually, how we're going to prevent it from happening in the future. In the future, yeah. Followed by a lot of apologies. Right. Um, I don't think it's clear what, what like people are like. The art book I heard is in Japanese, mm -hmm. which maybe makes things a little yeah, bit different. Leak but out of the Japanese either way, because immediately I thought, okay, I think this happened around like ten or eleven a.m. on Sunday. Yeah. I was like, well, Japan's asleep. Yeah. So if I'm the person. I need to have these these consecutive conversations before they culminating wake up. with yeah. my email to Japan before my four, four o'clock, which is when they get in the office. Yeah, the people, the teams in Japan, unlike us, workaholic maniacs, they don't work on the weekends. They are not like checking their like they. A lot of them don't get email on their phone. Right, it's like not um, like. Not as like how we have, you know, right. email on our phone all the time, all right. weekend long. So they do, have, I mean, they were legit like asleep yeah. uh, when this happened. But yes, that was my thing is like, I would need to get this email to Japan by the time they get into the And then the you office. would have to have lots of conversations with everybody at NOA right. before that email goes to Japan. Right. So you would have to understand. Which is hard on a weekend. So you think like, oh, well, these people, I can, I can just track them down. Like sometimes they're not around. They're not around. It's like, yes, we all have different lives. We're all doing different things. It's the yeah. weekend. Uh, yeah. We're not as available um, and also, as you like, might think. If it was like, let's say, a printer leak or something like that, which is probably what happened here, yeah. like you would have to track down the person that's in charge of doing that. That's right. probably not on the same team as you. Exactly. And doing that again on a Sunday, and then like having them notify contact. legal because there are probably things that the legal team wants to do to look yeah. into this. The leaks team, right? Will need this to be is notified. yeah. This is absolutely, and it would be notified all the way up to Doug. Like oh, the president. Yeah. Like yeah. you would have to Doug have... would Doug would be on like my first like quick like hey this happened, we're investigating. Yeah, and also like our old VP, right. obviously, the, right. the head of There's a lot marketing. of a lot of people who are getting a lot of people. roped into this. Yeah. Head of um localization would be on that list. Yeah, it would yeah. be a bad day for everybody. Right, right. Um you know, we we put out some some short videos about this of you know, this is a reality of what happens when you have this very meandery rollout of information. Yeah. Where the longer you wait to get something big out there, the higher the chance of something that this can happen. Um, and I did think of, you know, some of the conversations I had with the dev team. Mm -hmm. I, I hesitate to call them battles because they were not, they were very good intentioned on both sides. Right. But I did have to twist their arms at time to get them to reveal information. Yeah. And I think they maybe don't understand as developers all the different ways things can leak, the timelines when things mm -hmm. become a major exactly. leak risk. Yeah. So it is dangerous to just say, hey, developer, you figure this out 100%. Right. Or we're just going to listen to and you I, I, 100% without giving you any sort of guidance or feedback right. from... 
a marketing or from like a region perspective. And, and I'm not saying that's what happened here. I don't know exactly what happened, but I do know they have a very huge voice in deciding. Yeah, and all I this do. Stuff. I do think you know, as we were leaving Nintendo, it was very much um, the sort of the way that. Nintendo of America was working, it very much was sort of subordinate to Japan. And things that Japan were wanting the U.S. market to do, we, we were doing it. We, were, yeah. we weren't really fighting a lot of those battles. Um, and that in the Japanese parent company's voice was pretty loud. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, those developers are very well-intentioned. Um, they are certainly looking at it from a perspective of, like, we want to preserve the surprise, preserve these, you know, experiences um, for the player at all costs. But what they don't realize, I think, um, is these things are sort of outside of their control. Right. Um, and when you don't have it in your control, then it, it the information gets out in a way that, you know, is not intentioned by you. Um, so it's even more devastating, I think, for yeah. them. So it's really unfortunate. You and know? one of the big moments where the, the leak risk elevates is when information to starts print. to get out of the company. Right. Because you can have a super tight group within the company who knows, like, this is really important, don't leak it, and be careful with it. But once it gets out... Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're your partners. They're these, you know, companies that you work with. But it's getting into a lot of different hands and not everybody mm -hmm. has the same, you know, motivations or points of view on this thing. And it, it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. We, we would look at the timelines for when things are going to retail as a significant risk period. Right. And when we were working at Nintendo, it was always like, let's announce something before Things right. go to retail because that is when it starts to escalate yeah. to a lot of people outside the company. And like, yeah, when you're at the printer, like there's a lot of people that can come into contact yeah. for something like that that you might not know. Um, yeah, and there's, and there's a physical item that you could just grab and take pictures take of. Take with you or yeah. take pictures of. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or like, you know, when we used to have like, oh, this game, the, the box art will be going to the yeah. printer. Like you'll see all right. the screenshots on the back. Like right. you know right. Right. that that's, you have to get out in front of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, um, I've heard more stuff as this story has been out over the weekend, like more of that kind of question of like, is this intentional? I can assure you no. that this is not intentional. <clears throat> this is not like a marketing ploy. Nintendo does not do that. <laughs> um, so this is definitely a, a leak. Um, and not something to get people talking about Tears of the Kingdom. Right, yeah. right. Uh, does this change any of Nintendo's plans going forward? Like, would they push up something now that they're worried about leaks? I know the answer, but I'm asking you <laughs> as a rhetorical question. I mean, I don't think so. Right. It doesn't it change It does anything. not change anything, yeah. honestly. I think... What they will do is clamp down on the people who are working on it, make That's it harder right. for make them to do their jobs. it even harder for them to do their jobs. It's like, well, we had one leak that came from, you know, outside the company, but who cares? We're clamping down on the whole deal. Yeah. So I've heard, again, this is sort of related, unrelated, but there was like all this chatter about like, will people get like previews of this? I don't think anyone's getting previews of anything um, because they're definitely going to be clamping down as hard as they can yeah. to prevent anything else from coming out before they're ready to reveal right. um, closer to launch. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to be, 
it's going to be a, a, a kind of an information drought, I think. Um, oh, so exactly my prediction. Exactly what we've true. been in. Yeah. yeah. Unless we, unless they do the title direct, hopefully that does happen, and we get to see that in April or something. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of it, it becomes even more unfortunate for a game that we really don't know very much about, right? In the first place. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, we will continue to keep an eye on that. Mm -hmm. um, there was also a trailer. For a Tetris TV show. Yeah. coming out on Apple TV at the end of March. Now, you told me to watch the trailer, and I did, and I thought it was awesome. Yeah. You, ha you thought it was terrible. Um, maybe terrible is the wrong word for it. Oh, we're I thought it was... Him. Over the top. Highly, highly sensationalized. Well, yeah, because it's a TV show. Doesn't Didn't say um, it was a documentary. I think there's a more, like, dramatic way... To do it versus like this guy got punched out in a Moscow gulag kind of thing. <laughs> um, I think it looks great. So you're definitely going to watch this. Oh, so basically, 100%. we should say like this is the story of how Tetris came to be and how Nintendo got the rights to. It's very interesting. Obviously, it was originally made in Russia, yeah, which was back then the USSR. Yes, you know, getting stuff out of the USSR was notoriously difficult. There was right. this one guy, Hank Rogers, who was kind of in charge of brokering all of that. That deal, yeah. Um, a lot of people have said this. I would absolutely agree. The gaming historian that has is a SSS God tier documentary on yeah. this whole thing, which everybody should watch. If you want to watch a non-sensationalized right. version of the true maybe, story. Maybe that's why I had such a weird reaction because I was like... That didn't I, happen. I, I, I was like, he didn't get punched out at the nightclub. <laughs> TV people! <laughs> um, but yes, to a real documentary with the facts, yes. you can watch the game his, uh, Gaming Historian's documentary on this but if you want to be entertained <laughs> i think this will be a very entertaining uh tv series on apple tv it did have uh, uh perhaps the first uh dramatization of mr yamuchi hiroshi yamauchi yeah um that was awesome i was like oh that, that's that's a good again good I, I thought i thought that was a little cringy but okay i loved it <laughs> good to get <laughs> like, come on. He's like, he's like we don't need this. I couldn't I can't I can corroborate that I have been up now. As office. one of the few people in the world who have been up to the uh, yeah. president's floor at the Nintendo office. Yeah. You can watch this meticulously. And I will be like, wait a second, that painting was to the left. You can rate uh their depiction of it. I can. Yeah. I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, well I'm curious. So I don't have Apple TV is my thing. Oh, you I, should I could probably it. get a free trial to watch this. Maybe I will watch this. I, I actually love Apple TV. They have some really good shows. And um, I'm excited about this show. I think it's going to be really good. They always have like very high quality production stuff. Is Apple TV a sponsor? No. Then I zip it. They, I wish they would sponsor us. <laughs> we'll say all sorts of great things. I think it's good. I really all like right. it. I enjoy my Apple TV. Um, I enjoy the show is on Apple TV. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, the next and last story we have here is just written as more Activision Blizzard problems. <laughs> um, oh, no. So... There was a lot that came out. Mm. I guess this is specific to Blizzard from this right. town hall. Those town halls are those real landmines. They had a town hall meeting yeah. where... Um, we used to have those at Nintendo as well, and there were always landmines. They covered some really dicey topics, which included um, the uh, return to office plan Yes. for uh, Blizzard employees. Always fun. Uh, the fact that they would get... Lower percentages of profit-sharing bonuses. Mm -hmm. um, 
And also this use, I guess they do like stack ranking for sort of their employee evaluations. So uh, really loaded with a lot of crowd pleasers. <laughs> so like it makes my skin crawl just to think about it. Like it's just awful. So we, awful corporate American nonsense. We know that yes, these are difficult topics to discuss. These are These are not going to be topics that are going to make people happy. But often these are approached in the most tone deaf ways possible. I don't so you don't make get you it. don't do yourself any favors by right. the way you talk about it. I think it's important for companies to have these discussions with their employees, but why is it that every company like sort of steps into this blunder right. of like having some, you know, executive that has no idea what people are actually going through in their daily lives working at this company deliver these messages in very insensitive ways that like actually like just make you defensive immediately right. about these topics. Like if they know it's going to be sensitive, why is there not some sort of discussion about a better way to approach it, I guess? I think they're, you know, they're so like the topics are so sensitive that they only feel comfortable planning for these town halls at the highest level who are the people who are So they echo chamber the themselves. The most out of touch. Yeah. And they they talk themselves into like, oh yeah, people will love this or people will understand this when in reality yeah. they, they totally don't. They totally And they don't. totally whiffed on what people are actually thinking and feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of a lot of the uh, Blizzard employees took to sharing their you know personal thoughts about all of this, and it was very much reflective of like some of the stuff that you know we were feeling when um, we we were in similar situations before, and it's like, yeah, it, <laughs> I guess it's a little bit comforting to know that all companies suck, but still, like, why? <laughs> I don't understand like why we can't figure this out. Yeah, I mean, there's some of this stuff that you you sh you think they could have seen it coming, like. The combination of, yes, you need to go back into the office with also you're getting a lower bonus. Where it's like, well, you're going to have to spend more to get into the office. Yeah. And you're actually going to be making less. Awesome, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, maybe talk about these at different times. Yeah. Or, or like, roll do a better rollout. <laughs> is there anything else that can offset these expenditures yeah. that people are going to have to right. make? Maybe there's, the company can do something to help yeah. you. Like, or I guess you can just not care. And just plow ahead. Just not care, I guess. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, it, it, so many people came out and were just like, the leadership's off its rocker and yeah. it's, it's, this, this, this evaluation it must be stuff also sounds, to work at Activation, Activision Blizzard right now. Oh God, it sounds terrible. Yeah. Yeah, this whole like, the way that they evaluate their um, performance also sounds like really harsh. Like, it did, it did just kind of like, backs you into a corner like if you are not going to do exactly what they tell you to do then like basically you're going to get like a terrible review right. and you're you're not going to get your you know your merit increases yeah, or your yeah. bonuses at all like mm -hmm. even, even if it's lower and it's just doesn't it feel like you're just totally like backed backed against the wall right. like what are you supposed to do besides quitting your job you yeah, know yeah there was also a line from their president that came out that was basically like Hey, do you think our, us executives are getting rich? You got the wrong idea if that's what you think. It's like, yeah, I think that's what people do think, and I think they're probably right. Yeah. Disclose your salaries. <laughs> yeah. You should don't, if you are thinking, if you have that perception that you're not a rich executive, then disclose your salary. I, I guess the, the reasoning for that argument is they are also taking, you know, smaller bonuses as, as a result but of this. But they start out with 
like but, a much higher and, bonus. And I'm sure there's all sorts of other little perks and other things that oh, add yeah, up for, for, for them sure. along the way. For so sure. So that's, uh, again, it's like, do you think people are going to believe literally anything that you that say or out put out there? Yeah, no. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Um, there's one other news thing that came out this morning that I forgot what? to put on here. Did you see that Nintendo has confirmed a booth at PAX East? Ah, uh, uh, I did see that. There was not really... Did they have any information about what they're doing? No, they had no information yeah. about what they're doing. A lot of people were like, is Tears of the Kingdom going to no, be playable? And I just want to shut that down. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. That's what I wanted to bring up. Don't get your hopes no. up, people. You know what I think they're going to be have playable? Kirby. Yes. Also, <laughs> what else? Splatoon. <laughs> they're going to do like a tournament. They're going to do a tournament. They're, they're going to have Kirby. Tournament. What's the other Kirby. like kind of like newish release around that time. Advance Wars. Bayonetta, the Origins, Sur Sur Advance uh, Wars. They'll, Wars. They'll have they'll that have stuff. That. Yeah. yeah. Now, this is not the Animal Crossing 2020. Everybody was like, it's going to be the Tears it's of the not. Kingdom booth. I'm like, it's you really guys. Not. It's really not. I'm here to manage your expectations, <laughs> it's really people. Not. Don't, don't, we're not that yeah. bad. Don't we are not going to PAX East, we should say. No, we're not. Yeah. Because there's not going to be a Tears of the Kingdom booth. It's a very long trip for us to make. And got to be honest, it's freezing. I don't do well <laughs> It's in the so cold, cold there. This California girl does not do well in the yeah. cold. We like that show a lot, but like for us to make a big trip like that, there needs to be like a clear, yeah. tangible reason. Right, right. Uh, and in this case, it's like, eh, yeah. hard, hard to nail that one Hard down. to nail that one yeah. down. And, and we got Universal in Yeah, in we March, have other things that we so want to do around that time We're probably going to be busy with that and... Yeah, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. But we we did we do we do love packs and um, it's nice to see that Nintendo is going back to shows. That's good. Yeah, but yeah. I definitely don't think it's going to be a Tears of the Kingdom booth, guys. All right. Uh, Patreon Q and A. We get all of our questions from Patreon subscribers, and we do also a bonus Q and A every week uh, that is exclusive to Patreon. So you can check that out if you'd like. Uh, our first question is from Big N Gamer with a Y. What do people at NOA call the big boss? Capital B, big, capital B boss. Just quote <laughs> the boss, quote Reggie Doug, or Mr. fils May slash Mr. Bowser. Oh. How formal does it get? Oh, yeah. Sir? Sir. <laughs> king of the Koopas. My lord. <laughs> we called Bowser king of the Koopas every time we addressed him. No, just kidding. Uh, very informal at Nintendo of America. Everybody was on a first name yes. basis. So Reggie was Everybody. Reggie and Doug was Doug. Unless... There is somebody who came over from Japan. I was gonna say, uh -huh. unless uh, yes, Japan was a different thing. Like it was very formal. Yes, it was always Mister, Mister, Ms. Mister, Miss, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or you can say like Anima-san or right. Miyamoto-san. Yeah, um, but we usually called them uh, in English, and we would say like Mister Anuma or yeah. Um, whoever. Yeah. So there were a very, very num small number of people who wanted. They would tell you like. Call Please me, call, call me, me my, my first, first name. name. Yeah, uh, that were from the Japan office. I was so weird about I it. I was like, no, I don't want to. I'm yeah. gonna get in trouble. Yeah, um, very small number. But they would call us by our first names. Yeah. Um, uh, Again, or, this is how I got to be Kito-san. Yeah, Kito-san or Krista-san. Um, so yeah, that was that was kind of that that relationship. Yeah. But Reggie and Doug were just Reggie. And yeah. Doug. But even even when Reggie and Doug would talk to J Japan, folks, oh, yeah, it was term. it was the same way. Yeah, and they would just call them Reggie and Doug. Right. So, right. yeah, really interesting. Uh, Frulio has the next question. Did Nintendo have a culture committee to improve employee satisfaction and retention? If not, what things did you do to boost morale among your team? Party planning committee? Uh, the office? Well, they did. We did have a culture club. Um, 
not a not a hundred percent success rate, I'll say. No. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like the culture club, especially in the office that we were in, they were very hampered by limitations that were kind of out of their control. You know, being a satellite office, it was hard for them to get the same resources, I think, as the corporate headquarters. Like, they wouldn't have a big budget to do events or to do um, team building stuff um, like they did in the, in the you know, Redmond offices. So it, it was sort of not their fault that it was difficult for them, but it I think it was it wasn't very effective. Well, every now and then they would do something that was like cool and everybody liked. Like one of the last events we went to, I we, love we that. went to a Golden State Warriors basketball game. Yeah, and got at like, Chase Stadium. Got like a yeah. luxury box, and it was like, okay, this is cool. Like, yeah, and a ton of people went to that and had a great time. Yeah, but then you contrast it to like the holiday parties, which we we will talk about. We had to wait in the next future. Holiday. We need we need to wait for the holidays, but like yeah. truly like subpar and embarrassing for a company of Nintendo stature, right? And it just was not well planned. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. very very hit, hit or miss. miss. Yeah, very, very hit, or, hit or, miss. or miss. Yeah, I was part of the culture club for like really like, for like a couple of months. Oh, I didn't know that. When Early was this? days uh, when I first because I was one of the I was oh. the first person that joined in that first wave of that office. So I was like, I had like this historical obligation to help with some of the people that were new coming in, but it, it just it was kind of impossible. Like you didn't have any money, uh, you didn't have very many resources. You were so busy with your normal job yeah. that you didn't have any very much time to dedicate to this. So yeah. it was pretty much like a setup to fail kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next question is from Medallion2889. Actually, we were, we were wondering, is it Medallion or Medallion? Yes, tell us. Because of the spelling here. I think, pl please, uh, the, the pronunciation guides are always helpful. Uh, and Med Medallion starts, this always makes me want to answer a question. It starts, I don't mind if you don't want to include this in a video because it may be sensitive and private. Well, guess what? We're answering it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. For every Nintendo employee who appeared on camera, did you all know, know each other and were family friendly slash friends? Perhaps some of them have left Nintendo, perhaps not under the best of circumstances. Do you guys ever hear about them or stay in touch sharing war stories of your times there? Well, we certainly knew. I mean, it's a pretty small company, so. Yeah, pretty small company. We definitely, we pretty much knew like majority of people there. Yeah. Um, the, the folks that were on camera, so those would include like the, the Treehouse Live people, I think. Anyone that appeared in a Nintendo Direct, I, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, those are the internal people that would appear on camera. Of course, Nintendo also hired out um, for like commercials or yeah. those people we didn't know because they were like actors basically. Right. But for the people that were on camera doing like Treehouse Live, yeah, we were... Very friendly with a lot of them. A lot of them um, are still at Nintendo. Some of them have left Nintendo. Um, some of them we've had on episodes of Nintendo Minutes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Very, very friendly. But, you know, th those people had other jobs. Like, they were not just there to be on camera, just like how we were not just there to be on camera. So we'd also work with them in um, other capacities as well. Like, a lot of them are from the Treehouse. They were also in a different office, which... Yeah. Um, I think, you know, in some cases limited how chummy we could get yeah. with some of them. Mm -hmm. um, but there are some people in Redmond who we became like really good, yeah. le legit friends with. Yeah, absolutely. So sort of sort of varies, but I, I wouldn't, there's certainly no like bad blood or anything like that. Oh, bad blood. If that's what you're getting at. No, no bad blood. Yeah. yeah. And yes, we definitely shared war stories and, <laughs> right. and stay in touch and, and all that stuff. Yeah. 
Motomania is next. Hi, Kit and Krista. As of today, nine days before release, well, time's passed. It looks like Metroid Prime Remastered's physical pre-orders are sold out online for major retailers. Based on your experience, what kinds of talks and meetings do you think NOA is having? Would this be in line with sales expectations, or would there be genuine surprise and excitement at the fan response? How quickly can Nintendo print another run of cartridges to meet the demand? So this is very reminiscent to Fire Emblem mm -hmm. uh, Awakening, where it was like a surprise hit. Like, Whoa, we're sold we out. We see People, that coming. Yeah. yeah. So the whole release being delayed, it must have been because of the shadow drop. I think so. And they, yeah. again, again, you don't want to send something to the retailer. And then someone takes a photo of it, right. and then you just so, ruined your shadow So once drop. the game, I'm sure they had the games ready to go, it's announced, then you ship it out and get it ready. Correct. So I'm sure that's why they did that. The limited quantities are a bit mystifying to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like Nintendo always, like... <laughs> why are you making that noise? I don't know. I'm, I'm, oh? I, I'm mystified. Um, I think Nintendo always plays it safe when it comes to, like... This is not really a special edition. It's just but, a game. But I think in their minds, it kind of counts as a special edition in some way. I don't know why. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that this should count as that. But they're very limited in the way that they like make special editions or like you know have availability on those. So I wonder if they kind of got into their heads like they should treat this kind of like that because of the shadow drop. I think. I think there's definitely people there who would understand that Metroid Prime would be a big game. Maybe they thought everybody's just going to jump on the shadow the drop, thinking, so we don't yeah. need to make that many. But they should also know there's people who are physical only, or yeah. for games like this, want physical. Yeah, they want to be a collector and so, yeah, have this. So, yeah. it's I can understand the frustration. It, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, but yeah. that's I think in their head, they're like, no one's going to want the physical because they're going to buy the shadow drop, so we should treat the physical version like a special edition. That's... That's my that's major that's, 40 chess overthinking of things, but that's so them. Yeah. Uh, next question is from Quiero Dormir. Do you know what that means? That's Spanish for I want to sleep. Oh, I love it. Hey, Kit and Krista, what is your dream implementation of Nintendo's legacy content? More Nintendo Switch online games and consoles, classic consoles like NES Classic, or something completely different? Thanks for reading or considering this question. I'm a big fan of your content. All the best. Oh, thank you. I just want to have them all available to me at the same time in one place. Exactly. I just don't trickle it out. Don't don't give me the tiny little thing that I need to. I mean, I was I was at Nintendo when NES Mini and SNES Mini released, so I didn't have a problem buying those things. But I understand the frustration of people that couldn't get that, and if that's the only way to play these legacy games, that would be that would suck, you know. So yeah. I just yeah, just give it to me. Easily accessible on the current gen hardware all at once. Also, continuity from generation to generation. There are some games that are on the 3DS Virtual Console that are not on the Switch. Right. And so that, like, that kind of thing drives me crazy. Yeah, why not? So I, I would say, like, so let's take Switch now. Whatever you end up with on these services. Yeah, just carry On that day over. one, need to be on the next system. That's right. Every single thing. And then you keep adding to that. One, yeah. one other thing I would say is like, be a bit more aggressive in pursuing some of these big third-party games. Because mm -hmm. often first-party game, it's like, yeah, we want to put it out, so we will. Like, like the games like the old Final Fantasies. It's like, well, they want to sell those to you, um, so, so they, buy it. So they want those to be part of Pixel Remaster. So it's like, fine, they don't want it to be on NSO. 
well, what if Nintendo just wrote them a check and said, hey, here's a ton of money. I want these on our service. Yeah, that would be great. People yeah. would pay for it. So. Yeah, because like this is a big selling point for NSO. And I think it sucks when people are like, oh, well, this was on the Wii Virtual Console or this was on the SNES Mini, but you don't have it on this now? Right. What's the deal? And don't make us buy it again. Like the next console, I don't want to. I don't want to buy it again. Yeah, but just carry my account over, my whole yeah. account. For me, the for me, the day one continuity is the big one. Like if if they trickle that stuff out that has already been available again, like I'm gonna snap a pencil. <laughs> like you, Doug. Like that is not a fun experience for. It's no. not exciting. That's not exciting for anybody. It's just annoying. It's just annoying. Like, yeah. If you've got it, get it out there. And it feels like you're like because you need a library. Time. It's not like you're announcing a new game, like a, a brand new game for Switch, because you just developed it and you made it. Like these games exist, you have them. Put them yeah, out. Yeah, just put them out, especially if they were available already one time before. Yeah, jeez. Uh, Silver six four seven sevens next. Hey, Kit and Krista, for major public or press events like E three packs, etc., where Nintendo has demos on the show floor, do they use, usually use specific retail kits? For this, or are they dev units? I've gotten a close look at these at E3 before, and they seem to be variations of the retail switch with some intense security enhancements oh, yes. to make sure that Very it doesn't intense. go anywhere. Very intense. Yeah, it kind of de it depends on the timing of when these shows happen. If a show is happening very close to when a game launches, um, you know, there could be like a, a, a retail a demo off of the retail version that's being yeah. shown. I mean, the preference would always be retail if it's available. That's right. Because that's very safe. It's lower if, risk. If that happens to get stolen, who cares? I mean, still, you don't want it to get stolen. You don't want it to happen, but it's a lot better than, oh, yeah. I lost like, you know, the this dev, dev unit that yeah. has like the work in progress game on it. Um, that would be so bad. But, it, you know, Nintendo is extremely, extremely prepared for security situations. Yes. So. Those things are locked up real tight in there. Yeah, but yeah. for a show like a PAX, like, Again, like that's why they're going to be showing games that are out because it's it's easy for them to do that. Right. Um, right. Something like an E three where the expectation is new games, like they'll have dev kits, um, yeah. different types, and, and, and the the hardware will, will in most cases look exactly the same. Right. Um, right. They have versions of the hardware that look different or look the same depending on what you're doing with mm -hmm. it. They got everything. Yeah, they, they, they got all sorts really, of variations. They do a really good job of like for shows like E three, they make like specific E three demos. Yeah. So let's say, and this has never happened, and I don't think ever will because the security is so top-notch. Like, let's say one of the dev kids go missing. Like, you you wouldn't be able to get anything else except for the E3 demo that's on there. Like, yeah. there's not, it's not like this, the whole game right. is on there and you're just, they're, we're like letting you play like 15 minutes if that's not the case. Yeah. Like, they yeah. have a specific E3 demo. That they they also have play. different like front ends of like, oh, well, a consumer might press the home button and go to a menu. And so you need the actual home menu versus right. like going to some like, yeah. You know, debug menu. That's right. Like, you yeah, can't have that. there there is a debug menu in there, but yeah. it takes a couple more button presses right. to so, get there. So they yeah. will understand the circumstances and build whatever they right. need to. And the security there. there is like so yeah. well done yeah. all the time. So. Next question is from Riven. Have you ever seen Reggie, Mr. Miyamoto, Mr. Awada, or any other public Nintendo figures angry? How about really genuinely excited? Very sad. What were they like? How did you feel seeing them experiencing these intense emotions? Hmm. Reggie was always very calm, I think, and very like 
put together. I've seen him genuinely happy, I yeah. think, and when he like laughs that big right. Reggie. Like at the end of an E3. Yeah. He's in celebration. He's mode. in celebration. Yeah. He'll be laughing yeah. and hanging out and very relaxed. Right. So I've definitely seen Reggie like that. Um, I've never seen him like angry to the point where he's like yelled. He's never yelled. No. Ever. I think being he's very... He's been very stern. Being even keeled is a good trait for, for these big executives, yeah. I think, mm -hmm. because, I don't know, like, if, if your leader is, like, flying off the handle one way or another... That's not good, yeah. That's not good, that, and that sends a weird message to the other employees, like, yeah. are you... Or do you really have this under control? Yeah, or like, like it's not. It I'm freaking out. You're freaking out. Yeah, you're not. There's not a yeah, vote of confidence you, you, right now. You need to have yeah. an air of confidence about you. Yeah. Like I got this. Don't worry. I've seen him very stern. Like he's like, yeah. this needs to be done in this certain way, right. and here's why. Like, but it's then not, you it, know, like, yeah. yeah, this is what we're gonna. But do. But it's not this like over the top. No, no, no. Finger not wag. Not never, kind of never. Thing. No. Um, I don't want to talk about Mr. Owada in this situation because I think we want to maybe tell that story a little bit later with more context so we'll skip him um and mr miyamoto I'm, he's just always smiling he's so. always i was gonna say <laughs> i've one never yeah. seen him not with a big smile yeah. on his face or even when he is saying something like really serious he'll have that same like smile and you don't know what's going yeah. on like oh no <laughs> but i have heard stories about him and how he he can get pretty strict Yes. Um, from other developers. Yes. So I think he does have like serious mode time when right. he's like looking at a game and it's not where he like wants it to be or whatever. Telling somebody that whatever they did sucks. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> that, not... I think that, that version of Mr. Miyamoto definitely exists, exists and yeah. there's a lot of stories about I'm that. I'm sure it's like, yeah, when you're like, you know, at the office at two o'clock in the morning yeah. and you're reviewing a game for like the 90th time and right. it still sucks, you're probably going to feel like not so happy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I've personally never seen that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next question is a very interesting one. So strap in from Cerulean Dragon. Hey, Kit and Krista. First question. Back in the 90s, the nation was swept up in a satanic panic about various pieces of media, including games where certain individuals swore that they were demonic or satanic and would corrupt kids. For example, Pokemon being demons. When you were in school, did you have any exposure to this? When it was anyone's mom or dad, that crazy individual who thought games were evil? This was before my time. So curious if it touched your lives at all. Thanks. I definitely remember hearing about this I, in school. I heard about this. I can't say I ever like saw it. it happen or knew anybody who felt this way. Yeah. What was I, the argument? The argument was like video game. It's kind of the same argument that we have now where it's like, oh, Call of Duty makes people shoot people. But it's this like thing. That. Like, but like it's like of the devil. Pokemon being demons. What's the story with that? It's like, like these are I like, don't get it. these are like, you know, like they're not like godly creatures, you know, they're not, they're like demonic, like imaginary things. I don't know. What? That's what people thought. I really don't understand. And then like this. later on, this is like not in the 90s, but like we had a similar thing with Harry Potter. Like oh, these really? witches, these witches. Oh, because this they're witches. witchcraft. I can see that. some magical nonsense. Yeah. It's like kind of like that kind of stuff. I have heard like uh, the evolution part of Pokemon setting some people off. Oh, I didn't think that. Because if you don't believe evolution's sure. real, you probably wouldn't like that. Ah, interesting. Uh, okay, I get that. I understand the argument there. But <laughs> I don't. Know. I just. I, I, yeah. Maybe I should do My a bit of. My parents were never like this. Yeah. I definitely heard this at school. Um, I had friends that had, you know, games and we played games together and their parents were not like this either. You didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody, but I, I, I heard of this in school. 
like as like something that was like happening. Yeah. Like, did you know that like P like Pokemon is demonic or whatever? Like I like it was like almost like playground. So, like gossip. a hidden message. Like you, you're getting like a oh. subliminal message backwards or something like that. Red rum no. or something like. <laughs> maybe this is my next YouTube rabbit hole to go down. Pokemon the satanic, satanic panic, panic of the 90s. Yeah. But there was like, I think like, was that the same year that the, the movie The Craft came out? I don't and know. And people got really obsessed Did with people that. people get mad about that? That was like a movie about like, yeah, like a teenage witch. Like it's like uh, a whole thing where that was like very popular and taboo. At the same time, in that time period in the night, the the, the, oh the wild wild west that we but call again, the nineties. But again, that 90s. was witches. These are Pokemon. These are cute little critters, little Demonic. varmints. Demonic. I don't, don't look at me. <laughs> I don't get. I guess you did have ghost Pokemon. Sure. Are there some? There's like, there could be some demo, like demon-ish. Yeah, it's not a yokai. Pokemon. Good thing there wasn't yokai. Some of those backstories for Pokemon can get pretty weird. Like the one that ate his own mom and wore a skull. But I don't know. You need to know it pretty in depth to be aware of that kind of thing. I think it's mainly. I don't like, think the people who are saying these things actually know much about it at all. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm strangely curious about this now. Okay. <laughs> uh, next question is from Simon, and there is a little visual aid here. A press room release from Toyota reads, Toyota and Nintendo announced the ultimate road trip by providing 500 grand Highlander customers with a Nintendo Switch OLED model system and a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe game. How do these things or campaigns come to be? Is it simply a thing of reaching a wider audience? Pictured, Nintendo Switch Toyota Grand Highlander seen this weekend at the Chicago Auto Show, and this is a car that has a Switch paint job and a yeah. Switch logo mm -hmm. right on it. It looks really ugly. This looks terrible. This is not the cute Pikachu car from no. the 90s. That was Those are not cool. demonic. It Those were very cute. iconic, yes. They were like little Volkswagen Beetles, right? right? right. Yeah, those are really cute. Um, yeah, this is like, okay, this auto stuff, like Japan, I feel like is real into the, the marketing partnership with automobile Cars? companies. Like the Mercedes I hated that Mario too. Kart thing. The Mercedes yeah. Mario Kart thing where you could drive the Mercedes and Mario Kart, they're really ugly yeah. Mercedes. I did not like that. So I guess this is maybe part of that. But this sounds like a U.S. US thing. This is a yeah. U.S. thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, we there are teams at Nintendo who seek out these sorts of partnerships. Yeah. Uh, and it's always about, you know, reaching a broader audience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, th this would be in line with reaching, you know, families, families? kids. Um, I don't know how much you're actually achieving that by doing this. Yeah. But we also had remember the NASCAR partnership, which was another like Mario Kart. They painted the hood of the NASCAR. Oh. And yeah. that was another one of these in same teams marketing partnerships that did like those kinds of promotions. And yeah, you would just like I guess you would just reach a non-gaming audience, as they okay. as they would say. I mean Maybe you're just tired of doing deals with Gogurt and Lunchables all day. You just need a you need a break. <laughs> there was a, a funny Toyota so, Highlander break apparently. There was a stack of Nintendo branded Lunchables oh, in the fridge one day such like that we trauma. needed we needed for a photo shoot, and somebody, somebody ate, ate them. them all of them, and it was a big a real big issue. It was a huge problem. Yeah. An, an all company email was sent out about the Lunchables. You ate my Lunchables. There was a post-it note on <laughs> the Lunchable that said, do not eat, do not eat do not social touch. team promotion. Again, the lunchroom is where all these bad things happen. 
There was also one time when someone ate someone's strawberries. No, I'm sorry, raspberries. They ate their boss's raspberries by accident, uh. and that person got in really big trouble. And then they lied about it, and then they oh. found the the wrapper or the box of the raspberries in the trash can. No. And the boss was like, "I knew you ate my raspberries." I'll tell you who. I was. didn't know. Oh, you got I it. I will tell you who I was afterwards. Ideas, this is really funny. You gotta tell me this later. This, this oh. is a great story. This is like, uh, anyways. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, Tetrium is next. It seems that your guys' work at Nintendo overlapped with the existence of Nintendo Power. Were you guys involved at all with the magazine? What were the main differences between then and today and the dynamics around game announcements, teasers, and promotion? So when we were there, it was, it had been outsourced. You know, before Nintendo Power was like, they were Nintendo employees right. making this magazine. And it got outsourced to Future, which right. is a big media entity. Right. So it was like, you're going to make the magazine on our behalf, but we're still very involved. So there was a person whose job was the liaison with Nintendo mm -hmm. Power. Right. And they would... They were actually in our New York office. Right. And they would help them with, you know, whatever Any they needed and or, other, like, sort yeah, of like, business-oriented things. Yep. Like, they were their entry point into the company. Right. So when we were working on PR campaigns, like, you know, we would decide or talk about what would make sense for Nintendo Power to do mm -hmm. or have access to. Um, the funny thing is, like, you would think there would be a lot of interest in doing things with Nintendo Power. Really since wasn't. it's the official Nintendo magazine yeah. for people who are into Nintendo. Right. It was the complete opposite. It was the complete opposite. It was like pulling teeth getting yeah. people to sign on to like any Nintendo Power <laughs> marketing initiative, like PR initiative. And the poor person would come to us and be like, the team would really like to do these handful of things, which all seemed very reasonable and normal and what you would give to your official magazine. And, and it was always like, no, no, no we're we gonna don't give, want to. We're going to give that to Game Informer or... I don't we have think, an IGN or you guys or don't no? you guys don't need that. That was not us saying that. No, we should say no, that was other people. That was people, not us. Uh, elsewhere. It was really hard though. I really felt bad for this I person. I felt so bad for this person. This person also had a, a bit of an early hand in Nintendo Minute, remember? Yes, that's true. I loved her. Yeah. Yeah. She was awesome. Yeah, she helped write one of the very early proposals. Yeah. Uh, for like, Nintendo Minute. Exactly. Um which was very nice and wonderful. Yeah. But um, I felt bad for her all the time. I do have the final issue of Nintendo Power. I do yeah. have it. Yeah. Yes, and now, former uh, editor in chief of Nintendo Power, Chris Slade, is the host of the Nintendo Power podcast. That's right. It's a good, it's a good um, way to, for him to have that little historical. Right. Connection. Our former uh, neighbor in the office. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. An all around uh, wonderful guy. Nice guy. Yes. Really nice guy. Last question is from Video Game Stupid. I remember a segment on Nintendo Minute where you would read viewer submissions involving a video game crime they committed and you would either absolve them or give them a guilty <laughs> verdict. Now is as good a time as any to try this. So my crime was over a decade ago when my friend went on a two-year study in Brazil. He let me hold on to his copy of Pokemon Fire Red, which I'm sure had Mewtwo, some other legendaries, a couple of shinies, and maybe even Mew. I didn't think he was coming back since he liked Brazil so much, so I sold it to GameStop for what was most likely enough to buy a used 360 game. So not a lot. He eventually did come back after the two years and never mentioned his fire red. And we're still friends to this day. You should confess to I me. always make sure to buy him something for Christmas <laughs> or his birthday, even when he insists that I don't need to. Absolved or guilty, lay it on me. Guilty! How could you? Um... Just tell him so you don't have to live. This is like that book, Crime and Punishment, 
where your guilt eats you alive. You know, even if you're you're the one who should feel guilty. You've stolen from me, and I've asked for it back, and you won't do it. You never you're asked the one for it who, back. You gave it to me. Give me back my rhythm heaven. No, you gave it to me. You, I didn't. I let you borrow it. You can't ask for something back that you've given. This to is me. becoming about you and me now. Give it back. Absolved. You're not, you can't absolve yourself. I can. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the president, and I'm pardoning myself. Way exactly. <laughs> Full pardon. Uh, <laughs> but I think you should just tell him and then maybe you can just buy oh because in oh, this case this, when he had a saved game okay. I think this person is absolved really? I think video game stupid is absolved because Why? this person clearly doesn't care about this hasn't remembered at all Oh, and remember? video game stupid has made up for it by giving all these gifts but you, maybe you wouldn't have to give all these gifts you just tell him what happened why because then you could just like have it off your conscience does this You're person listen to this so podcast this can be oh, no. the medium for this healing to happen. <laughs> We're the mediators, <laughs> us too? That's not good. Who's going to heal our relationship? Nobody. Mm. <laughs> give it back. No, you gave it to really me. I'm really upset. I didn't give it to you. I'll let you borrow did. it. Uh, that's our last question. Oh, okay. Great. Um, well, should we shout out our wonderful superstars? Why are you smiling? Yeah. You can go first. Okay. Uh, Superstars. Yes, these are our Patreon superstars. Here we go. Aaron Hash. Ben Icorn. Maru Mayhem. Eigenverse. Jordan Collette. Kiss My Flapjack. Mike Chin. Mr. Rogers. Rain Tech. Roy Eschke. Switching It Up underscore. Safazel. The Shark Among Men. VGM Life. Link, the hero wins. Angela Bycroft and her pig Molly. Turbocharge nerd. Thomas O'Rourke. And Simon Barrera. Woohoo! All right. Okay. Now we're going to shout out our wonderful one of club members. Mm -hmm. Here we go Aaron Burgundy. Adam and Ansley. Ajan Malari. Ale Alejandro. Alexandra Pratt. Astro Dev. Blazed and Enthused. Bookum Dano. Brad, SF56. Brookie Kazooie. Bruce Dash. Chancellor Fairley. Christopher Lay. Cozy Tar. Captain Cinnamon Buttons. Captain Alex. Sea Roper 17. Daniel Cole. Daniel Phillips. Daniel Valencia. Dachshund. Doo Doo Face. Dino Punch. Elite Peach. Esparts 50. Fart Priest 69. Furbound. Fernie and Jess Forever. Fox Ploy and his dog Bernard. Fred Rossi. Garrett Holfish. Garth the Wolf. Gartooth. G Sun 101. Ian Shit. Israel Izzy. Jay Rando. Jabroni Jones. Jason Ball 34. JK99. JBJ. Jeffrey Hernandez. Jerry 92602. Jesse Hernandez. John Responte. Jonathan Rowe. Jordan Hemmerly. Joseph DeHaze. Joshua Clements. Juji Fruit. Julius Westenberg. Just Cantra. Kawa 2796. Kelp Shake. Kevin Delane. Chrisu. Christopia Party With Me. Kyle Gamer Barry Rookie. Kyle Kretzer. Kyle LaBeouf. Kyler Nelson. Linnell Stickman. Lego My Frogga. Lemma. Lil Sebastian. Lit. Mad Dog 5981. Marky Man 64. Matthew Rewald. Mecha Dragon 101. Megan. Michael Cravens. Michael White. Mikey. Monster Jordy. Motomania. Mr. Andy Pong. My Tran. Nasir. Nathan Burkhart. Panda Buns. Paul Gale Network. Piano Psychopath. Prime Factor. Prince Charmless. Reaver. Ray Chiron. Ryuji Utsuho Okuu. Renee Rivers. Ryath One. RJ Kern. Rob Osborne. Roxana Rex. Rocks. Ryanetta. Sam Nealon. 
Sharif Jackson. Shinryu. Slowbro. Schmiggles. Shrews. Silly Ferret. Sparkling Salt. Spicy Munchkin. Starholt Productions. Steel Citrone. Tales of Link. Tefu. Terror Storm 64. Thomas Alvarez. Travis Toraline. Troopage. Tugs Puppy Bear. Tuscoo. Tyler Geis. Video Game Stupid. Virtual Bot. Wicked Davy. Will Ernst. Will Johnson. Zutaverf. Zelgaroth. And Zroid. Okay. I'm feeling much better than I did last time. Oh, good. Last I was just I was, about to ask. When I had to go get that. Got a problem. I know. <laughs> I'm feeling good today. I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Well, anyways. Uh, don't forget to join us on patreon.com slash kit and Krista support this and everything that we do on our channels and help us get to Japan so we can make tons of fun content for you. That's right. If you're watching on video, you can go ahead and subscribe to this channel. Give this video a thumbs up, leave a comment. If you're listening on audio, some people know that we don't know that we have video and audio we versions both. of this podcast. We yes. got it all. Yes. If you're one of our great audio listeners, you can, uh, leave us a five star rating and also a written review. And don't forget to follow us on our other social media channels. We are on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and of course, YouTube. All right. I think that's an episode. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.